What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Middle tan cough. Oh, hey, babes. You are looking good. You're not worried that anyone's going to bust into the uh, business center at the uh, hotel there in Maui? As I told you before, as I told you before, I hit play. It has to be the least used business center in the history of the world. I would say maybe there's a place in the Bahamas. But even then, I could see, you know, I, th- there is not a chance in hell. I got two computers in this business center. They, guy, they have one's a Dell, it looks like from about 96. The other, they upgraded to an Apple, but it, it hasn't been turned oh, on in three years. That surprises years. me. Dell, Dell must, there must have been a year, yeah, like 96 or something, where Dell just sold so many computers to Hilton, oh. Marriott, IHG, if they existed, or whatever, whoever that is. The Hilton's definitely. Someone told me that Hyatt. Dell does not make over-the-counter laptops or anything in it anymore. It's all business to business. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, if like if you go into Best Buy or any other place that they sell, yeah. I don't even necessarily know as an individual. I'm, I'm sure you can, but they just do Salesforce, you know, Wells Fargo, whoever. They do not. That's that's their like, market. I'm sure they do like small business account, right? Like you, you need a computer system. You know what's maybe. smart is they realize – most businesses don't have apples, right? If you notice a lot of business people, they have a separate computer. They might have an apple, like I do, you do. If I, I have an apple now, I wouldn't get rid of it if I had a quote-unquote corporate job. They would just give me a Dell, right? That's what we had in Philly. IBM, yeah. You know? And then you just get your iPad or whatever on the side. 2003, I got a, a Dell brick. Just a brick. And it came with... I upgraded 25 bucks, John, for the USB uh, disk external hard disk uh dongle which i never used how's why though dongle yeah do you know that the uh like the new ipads don't even have a place to put in your earphones i know so you have to have wireless i know they got you by the balls guy yep they got but you then you the go balls. wireless you're like this is pretty good once you go airpods how do you ever go back how's uh, how many times have you golfed to this point uh i've played three and I, I, I've probably had enough. You know, I just had one really? good day, two bad days. Mm. 
playing with good players, losing money. It's just, it's just, uh, you know, it's exhausting trying to hit good shot after good shot, and I, yeah. I can't do it. You know, walking I, or riding, riding. The, the day that I basically I shot seventy nine, my best day, came when I had a ton of drinks, and then I was sober the other two days, and it was struggling to break like eighty five and just hitting shitty shots. You know, oh, yeah. So it gets windy here, right. hot, so you got to stay focused. Uh, greens, greens are really the, tough. Greens are hard, right? Because you think they're downhill, but then they're the yeah. uphill because the I, water. I, I don't know off. if it's the poana or whatever the fuck it's called, mm, but they, they, yeah, they go to a water, you know, into the green. It's just, it's a challenge. It is a challenge. And I've challenged not accepted because I got my ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been fun. You know, went snorkeling, uh, ran into the turtles. I guess yeah. you're not allowed federal fence to touch a turtle, but if you're underwater, mm-hmm. you know who's really going to see. But they're still pretty big. It's like, will they bite? So, you know, you just kind of get really close. It's cra- yeah. it's my first time ever snorkeling with turtles. It's kind of crazy. It is. You know, you're in a reef. You're like, bro, is this fucking Jaws around the corner here? This is kind of nuts. I wouldn't just I wouldn't want someone just coming to my home, and I'm just here with, like, a bunch of people. I always made sure my brother or random snorkelers were on the outside of me. I always had one body on the outside. I was never going to be the first to be attacked. The first bite. That's good. Yeah. So that's uh, – and if I had to sacrifice a family member, so be it. It just was not going to be me. Yeah. But Best I, teammate you know, to have in the ocean is a slow swimmer. It just, it just seems like everyone forgets about all the crazy shit we've seen on Discovery Channel over the years when they get – and it's like, oh, the water's so warm, let's just swim around. It just – it never stopped crossing my mind. Even when I did relax a little bit, I'm like, <laughs> "Dude, there's I'm with shit you. that lives out here." I, I do this. I don't go fully under. Like, I can't do the thing where you put the mask on, ditch the snorkel, and just swim around, hold your breath, and swim around. My goggles start filling up, and I start getting a little. You know, it's like you. But the other, how about this? When you put your head up and you realize, I thought I was just in the same place for the last four minutes, but I've just gone 28 yards. I, guy, I feel much more comfortable when my body. I, I don't take the snorkel part. I just kind of free dive. Oh, see, I, yeah. But I, I feel much more comfortable <laughs> under the water. Yeah, it's tiring, but I can see. So it's like yeah, I'm kind of head on a swivel. I don't like my head above water looking at – that's when people get attacked, you know, and you're just kind of swimming. Mm. I like the part where my we're about knee high in the water. That's when I like the water. I like the part where you just go sit at the bar and they give you uh, Mai Tais <laughs> and uh, Chi-Chi's and Pina Coladas. The, the booze here just flows. Yeah, they're, is that their main uh, export? You bring it back with you in your. It's got to be not a not a cheap place. You know, I'm glad my mother is along on this trip because fuck some of these dinners. I mean, Jesus, I just know. you know, just not a uh, cheap place to eat. You just uh, you know, God, ahi tuna sandwich sounds good, and then you know, fifty dollars later, you're like, that was a good sandwich. But geez, Louise, good sandwich. I mean, food's good. Food's good. That's why. That's why we're all thankful to uh, you, the listener, and the advertiser. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, very the thankful. next Hawaii, the next Hawaii trip. <laughs> Appreciate you. Uh, you know, look, you're in Hawaii. I, I've been seeing the pictures on Instagram. You're taking a lot of photos. Everyone's taking. I, I had two Thanksgiving Johns. I can only you can only guess how many photos were taken there. You got to get your smile photo ready. It starts now. Christmas is around the corner. Hanukkah, whatever holidays you got coming up. Uh, really, there's never a bad time to get your smile right, and that's why candid co.com slash ham with the code ham is the way to go candid's aligners treatment takes an average of six months well guy 
like you said, candidco.com slash ham, then use the code ham. You get to see an experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state, create a custom treatment. You never even have to leave your house. Candid's aligners are comfortable, removable, and completely invisible. Ships your aligners directly to you. We love this e-commerce business, Candid Cost. Here's the key, though. 65% less than braces. 65% less. And they're invisible. And with each aligner purchase, Candid, they donate $25 to Smile Train, who brings safe, 100% free cleft lip and platelet treatment to child children all around the globe, guys. So you're helping people even as you're helping yourself. Palette treatment, too. Get photo ready. Smile by the holidays. Get it ready. Candid. C-O dot com slash ham. We already missed one holiday, so jump on it. Candid. C-O dot com slash ham. Use the code ham. $75 off. Candid. C-O dot com slash ham. Code ham. $75, 75 off. bucks off. There you go. Yep. Uh, podcast. Also brought to you by Ease. You know this. Yeah, You've been yelling out a promo code ham out there on the golf course? I yeah, saw I saw know, one Insta story said hashtag promo code ham. Yeah, I you know I might have uh, brought a little something something in the golf bag and you know before a little dinner the other night me and some family friends we took a stroll by the beach all because of our friends at ease.com, promo code ham the vape pen some gummies you name it they got it uppers downers sleep aids also help me out you know the time change kind of can mess you up ease.com, promo code ham uh, best in the business delivered to you within you know under 30 minutes whenever i'm at home and i type in ease.com and i make a little order on my computer it's it's there very very fast promo code ham get yourself a discount and if you've already used it get someone else to use it and you get a discount off them first time users only also our friends at easewellness.com promo code ham best cbd in the biz yep there you go that's two to three business days nationwide cbd shipment at easewellness.com promo code is ham promo code is ham all right Niners Ravens. Uh, I don't know how often this happens. Probably happens a lot with the Patriots. Ninety percent of the country got the Niners Ravens game in the morning slot, which is pretty remarkable. So I know you had no problem finding it uh, in Hawaii. At your, I know you guys sound like it's pretty good. You're saying that even if you lived in like Washington or Philly, the second game, you know, depending on if CBS had it, and there, I guess there probably were a lot of CBS games on. You got a double header in that window. I guess you must have. Or maybe you were one of the ten part of the ten percent that didn't get it, but it felt like this morning, guy. That makes sense because I had like NBA writers tweeting like, "God, this is fantastic, Lamar." I mean, it felt like everyone was watching it. I don't know how a national game in that time slot gets more national. Than well, that. because I, mean, I I do think when you just look Washington, Carolina, just you know when you just talk television ratings, the Jets were playing the Bengals, Tampa, Jacksonville, even Philly, which is a big brand. They're playing the Dolphins. There were a lot of shitty matchups. And this yeah. one, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how much closer you get to a Super Bowl-type matchup record-wise on paper. It's just a good game, you know. On paper, it was a great game, let right. alone then the way it played out was – it was a hell of a game. There's no way, yep. you know, you can just take – people like – if I was a Niner homer, you'd hear me mad. I don't give a shit. It was a fantastic fucking game. It well, was I'll, awesome. Yeah, if you're, if you're a Niner homer, I was you'd be mad that you lost. I think if you were people like us that have been saying the Niners are really good – I came out of it going, okay, look, there is a playoff race that we got to talk about and we'll get to. Um, but you just lost to the team that's been kicking everybody's butt on the road across the country in the pouring rain against a quarterback that might be the MVP. Um, I came out of it feeling like that is what 
now the Ravens clearly is what a Super Bowl contending team or a Super Bowl winner looks like. But, and you say it all the time, for a West Coast team, the 49ers, to go and play that well in that environment and have a chance to win, I was impressed with them. Now the math, who cares that I'm impressed? we got to, you know, the standings are a different animal. But I thought they, um, that's, what it, that's what two Super Bowl contenders playing each other looks like. Well, what travels? What's the cliche always travels, right? Running game, which the Niners and Kyle is now turning into an extension of his dad. And I guess he's been an extension of his dad since they kind of started working together. And it was like, damn, who's this Alfred Morris guy? And they're like, oh, six round or 1,700 yards, no big deal. And they started right. doing that in Washington. And then he comes here, and you're like, God, they, they need to get some running backs. And they sign this guy for huge money. We have never seen Jarek McKinnon play a snap. And it hasn't fucking mattered one bit. Matt Breda, this undrafted free agent they found, he missed again. He's always hurt. It's like, who cares? Today, it was Mozart just fucking looked like Adrian Peterson. Really more like Adrian Foster because of the way this scheme is. But run games travel and toughness travels. I It crossed my mind today, and ironically, they were playing John, who, as I mentioned with the people I was watching, don't ever forget that Jimmy Tomsula... Once upon a time, beat John Harbaugh the year his brother was fired. Remember? At at Levi Stadium, beat the Ravens. Uh, Now, I I didn't think John even gives a shit about that anymore, but you got to be tough. And that that team that I want, like you know the Ravens are going to be tough because if the Ravens are good, they're just going to be tough, right? If I tell you the Ravens have a playoff team, they're tough, right? If you get a good Patriot team, a good Steeler team, you can't not be tough. When the Jets were good under Rex. If you're going to play in freezing cold, and I think a lot of people from the West, we forget this. Now, granted, it it hit me last night, guy. How many big games have the Niners played in since Harbaugh left before this season? Any? Games that, like, had build up to them. Like, we knew I'm just saying any important. Yeah, any quote-unquote big games. Tom Zula, none. Chip, none. Has Kyle played a big game his first two years? No. Well, they're not good enough to have played in big games. And then Jimmy got hurt so fast. Yeah, so this is the first year they've played in big games. And like you said, you got to be good to play in big games. So usually big games kind of start November. They start feeling kind of big, right? Because you're 6-2 and or something, and then you're going to match up with another winning team, and those games kind of build on each other. This was by far the biggest game they've had in the last five years. Now, in fairness, like the week previous was big. That's part of being good. Like a lot of games just stay big. Like the Patriots have played in – for however many playoff games the Patriots have played in, right, over the last 20 years, how many big games they played in? 100? Like, is every game they play in from November and December the last 20 years basically big? Well, it's funny because we make fun of their schedule because of their division, but then, I mean, we could go through every year and find six games they played in that felt massive, right? Well, they, anytime they, they play the, the Colts, Steelers, anytime the Chiefs. they play the Chiefs, the Steelers. Yeah. The Colts all those years, they, they, played the, they played the winning team or, you know, the – the returning champion in, in multiple divisions for the last 20 years. Yeah. So, and like the Chiefs, they play the Chiefs either this week or the next week. Like they're playing the Mahomes this year. Uh, but the point is, like, you play in big games. I think we both came to grips. I, I know I did last week. Like, they beat the shit out of the Packers. So it's like, yeah, this team's for real. And we even talked about it last, I guess it would have been Friday, you know, Sunday night. And this week, is it fair to say we learned even more? Because, like, they didn't have their A game, but it was impossible. 
you're not going to have your A game in a rainy, slippery place. Like, it's going to be ugly, and they were game. It felt very Harbaugh 49ers-like. Just like, God, they're hanging in. This thing's a war. A little different, not quite right as physical, just because the Raven style is a little... Just Lamar's unique, but fucking game was badass. Yeah, I mean, but they run the ball, whatever, almost 40 times, right? But, you know, like when the quarterback's running it, it just it feels a little softer because he's sliding. It does and to a bounce. point, but there's also like, you know, it feels like every some of these plays, everybody's in the box, right? My mom, when we got back from the bar, yeah. she's like, that offense, they're wearing the black jerseys. The, you know, the ball, you can't tell who's got the ball. I'm like, Mom, it's just that's the offense. You know, it's well, just, she thought it was not fair. Oh. Well, you know, you always say even my mom can see. And she, right, she's pointing out one of the basic difficulties with that offense. You just. How many times, did your, better, eye, how many times did your eyes jolt with Lamar and the running back had it or vice versa? Or, yeah, or multiple times. And they had like a Lamar Kaepernick graphic up. One, like he's a better passer. And he's. I don't know if he's he's not a more explosive runner, but he's just a more dynamic runner. His running right. style, wouldn't you say, is the complete opposite of Collins? Collins was a downhill, just outrun. You know, Lamar's. I think Lamar's closer to like Barry Sanders. You know, he's like well, that was the Charles Davis comp, juking guys out. Because I, I was texting with Marcus Thompson during the game, and we'll dive into this. He's like, God, does Kyle gets to points where he gets a little gun shy on Jimmy, and he does. You know, and it, I think part of it was the game. Like the way just it's raining, balls going through guys' hands. You just get scared in some long run spots. But with Lamar, I texted, I think he's like a more under control Vic. Like Vic always looked like kind of just backyard, schoolyard ball, ball. Lamar, like Colin, has just a huge grasp with this offense. It looks like this is second nature to him. And while he's hauling ass, he doesn't look ever out of control. Even in the even with the grass, how about the Ravens have a fucking grass field? I didn't know that. Even you, you know Robert Sala. I mean, I think we learned about it. I I saw it for the first time on like Wednesday they had a grass field. I assumed they had a turf. Even Robert Sala was like, "Yeah, I thought they had turf." Like on Wednesday, not that it ended up mattering. Their game field is grass. Yeah, yeah. You know, you knew that was grass. I thought the Ravens You've watched had a turf. million games, but I, I, mean, I always thought it was like turf. somewhere in your brain you knew. No, I thought it was turf. I know you thought that, but I'm just saying, like, you knew, like you've watched so many games on that field. I've watched a million games, but I just assumed, because, again, it, I think it speaks to how great their grass is. Even today, did it feel like in a pouring rain game? Zero effect. They, their turf guy deserves a race. He does a fantastic yeah, job. He does. How many times do you see, like, oh, they're just slipping and sliding? No, it's like, what are they doing there? Grass holds perfectly. Because it was, yeah, there would be angles, you'd be like, God, is it raining? And then they do the side angle, you're like, oh my God, it's pouring. Well, that happened to me at like on the Niners' first possession. There was a player, like, God, it's beautiful. And then they cut <laughs> to another camera, and it is just a torrential downpour. Someone I was watching the yeah. game with was like, you know, it doesn't look that cold. I'm like, well, it's 42 degrees, and it's consistently raining. It sure as hell is not warm. <laughs> you know? No. What did Jimmy have know. on his neck? A little neck warmer? Yeah, it's like he had just the top of Deion Sanders' turtleneck. Yeah, exactly. Cut off the rest of it. Like the kind you wear where you only wear a turtleneck and then it's like a bib and you put a coat over it so you don't have to wear the full turtleneck. That's what Jimmy had on. I, what did you think of how he played? Because I think one thing is clear, to your point, Kyle, we think of Kyle when he got the job and even the first couple of years as like quarterback guru. He's got to find his quarterback. But – for an offensive guy, like he doesn't play soft football. 
part of that means you do need your you know he loves Jimmy to make some plays and we had the quote last week where he talked about it but he is just going to rely on his run but it means that he is going to ask you at certain times to make big plays and uh <laughs> I mean Jimmy can make them but he he'll make you hold your breath while he's making them if you had to give a grade, it, it would be like a B minus C plus because he definitely played well enough. His toughness in a game. How many games have you seen a guy that like the country's on the fence about in that environment when it's raining just shrivel? You know, just like oh, this you can't even function with this guy, and that's and not can, Jimmy. And it's usually an excuse. You can explain it away, right? It's like ah, oh, well, I mean, it's just tough environment. But blah, blah, like blah. good quarterback, like to me, the environment doesn't really phase him. And he's I just clearly, meant like the physical, the literal, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's, to me, Jimmy, like, play in the cold, no problem. Ain't scared of the big boys. It's more just, he's gonna throw a, oh shit, and then the guy drops it. And he's gonna have a back-breaking fumble. And that happened today where the fumble, I was watching the game with family friends and, and their dad, Larry Raber, and he asked me, do you think... At the end of a close game in the NFL, there are four or five just, like, critical plays. And at first I thought, like, well, you know, coaches would always say that's kind, it's kind of true, but every play matters, right? Like, one play leads to another play. So, like, you can hammer on a turnover. But if the play before you had got a first down, and instead of it being third and five, it was third and – like, the, every everything kind of builds on each other, like the butterfly effect. Sure. But – I do think it's very fair to say turnovers in the NFL because of the limited possessions. This game was 17-17 because at first it's like, God, this is going to be like a 35-30 to game. And then, it boom, it changed in the second half. They kind of locked in on both sides. And what was the score at halftime? 17-14? to I mean, was the how many points were scored in the second half? Like six? And they pulled the box score, but... I think turnovers, yeah, six points were scored in the second half total. Yeah. A, f- a field goal field by goal Robbie Golden and the game winner. So to me, I would say less than quote-unquote plays, turnovers, a coach, and just any human will always circle, whether they're in the first quarter or in the fourth quarter. Now, I think late turnovers, right, feel more backbreaking because you feel the game swing. But, guy, that turnover, they were up 7 nothing. And he turns the ball over, and they get a touchdown off that. So whenever you hear points off turnovers, how often do you have broadcast points off fucking turnovers? That's huge. Because you go point – what is a point off turnover? It's points when you didn't have the fucking ball to start with. So you just get kind of free points because you get gifted a ball. Right, and it's also a, a drive that you have an advantage on because you might – it's a drive where you might not have scored if you got the ball 50 yards behind where you got the ball, right? Because you get good field position a lot of times in those situations. Well, you, right? guy, you in know, that situation, they got the ball in the twenty-three yard line. They got the they got the ball basically in the red zone. Yeah, that's just so. Like you think about, I, I would guy, say they like, got the ball about, like you said, twenty-three yard line. So let's say they went three and out on that possession. If you punt it from like the twelve, at worst you're probably still like flip the field a little bit to like the forty. To me, one of the best things that happens in a game for a team is when they turn it over and their defense gets a stop. And you're like, all right. You know, the same way you feel when you go for it on fourth and one from the fourth and goal from the three, you don't get it. But they have to punt from the end zone and you get the ball back at the 45. Well, wouldn't you, you know, say like, a, see, a, it was the right a, decision. a stop there? I mean, a field go- a four-point swing right there is the difference in the game? Yeah. And that's well, – I'm that, not putting that on the defense at all. That's not even fair, right? They get the ball in the fucking red zone. 
no, you can't, you're not, you can't but I would fumble say, the ball around the baby, baby zone. When you're <laughs> no, that was uh, when you are in a game like this too. You know how many total? There were 16 total possessions in the game. 16. How many are there typically so, in a college game? 25. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I total possessions. So like I guess 12 it would probably. To 13 would you say it kind of depends on the conference and the teams? Certain teams play a little different. Yeah, I mean, Herm Edwards is going to try and make it. So there's Cal is going to be different than games. Oklahoma. But in the NFL, you just because I realized it when the, we were in the second quarter, and it was was it the second? Yeah, it, the Niners drive that ended in the missed field goal, right, was their fifth drive of the game. I remember them showing, like, the drive chart. I'm like, oh, they're going to have five more possessions in this game. And they're down 17 to 14 right here. And then they miss that field goal. You're like, all right, you got five more possessions in the game. Well, part, part of that's the As opponent, it right? Out, they, part of that's the um, opponent because they run the ball a lot. So the clock, it, your game goes fast. Well, but but I over I overbet because they had one possession. Uh, they had two possessions in the third quarter, and one possession in the fourth quarter. They came out of halftime with Kyle Shanahan, offensive guru, and had three possessions. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, that's insane. Three possessions. But that's also part of like playing the Ravens is they could have a they could have a pie chart. Even you could have won this game, and their pie chart could be. 38 minutes to, you know, whatever the hell. What's the math? 18? I'm not a math major. That would be 48. It would be 28. Whatever. You know. Like, they hold it for you, 70% wait, of the game. How many minutes are in an NFL game? 60? 60. So, 38-22. Something like that, you know. Like, what was, if we look at the time of possession on uh, in this is game. Is that still a thing? I think it is with running teams in the NFL. Yeah. To me, like, I think it's some, more so in the NFL than it is in college. I agree. To me, in college, it doesn't mean anything. Like, now the Niners ran the ball too, so it was thirty-two to twenty-seven, basically, which not that crazy because part of it's the Niners had a basically a hundred fifty-yard rusher. They controlled the game on the ground too, so when they did get the ball, it was a double whammy. When the Niners got it, their drives were long because there aren't going to be part of a game outside the rain. You're playing a run-heavy team, and you're going to have to try to control the clock too because you're not really going to be able to pass in the rain. Your drives. Yeah. Wouldn't you say part of it is like they only got a limited amount of possessions because they took a lot of time on their drives too, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, like the the field the game winning field goal drive that the Ravens had, there were three possessions longer than that drive in the game, and that was a six and a half minute drive. Six and a half minute drive in the NFL is pretty long. The Niners had an eight and a half minute drive in the third quarter that led to the field goal at fifty three yards. How do you? Take 53 yards and make it last eight and a half minutes. That's incredible. Well, I mean, it's a little – they manipulated a little bit because the Niners ran out of timeouts before the two-minute warning, so they got just two free minutes to run off the clock, right? I'm talking about the Niners drive in the third quarter. Did they And they got the field goal out of it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because Mostert looked like uh, a superstar. So you just control the clock. You don't drop, you don't drop any balls. You know, you just – they executed. I, again, I I left thinking, God, this. It's not more impressive than some of the Niners' home blowouts, but you could argue this learning about yourself on the road in a tough environment. This has been like the most like kind of hold your head high after a loss and just like we're fucking in this thing for the long haul. Yeah, like this. Shit's I mean, just work. given 
how hard the Ravens have been to even like the best team in the league. I mean, the Patriots. He worked right? them. He worked them. What they did to the Rams. Say what you want about the Rams. You don't. They're not that. Right? Wouldn't you say it's a double whammy too? They're good and like who's going into Baltimore when Baltimore's good and beat? You know, that's a tough place to play. Like I'm watching them thinking the Ravens haven't been around that long, right? What was like. Belichick got fired in like '96, so they've been around like 25 years now. But they still, when you look at the, when you look at the design, you go, it does look a little like Jaguar. You know, it's closer to that than like the Niners kind of had their jersey today. You're like, that's old school. You watch the Packers, some of the the Raiders, these old school jerseys. They do feel like a franchise, despite being relatively new. That feels like they got history going back to like the '60s. You're like, this is just a fucking squad. They, they, they you know, that they have an identity. They always have an identity when they're good. And that's, to me, to travel on the road, like I said, defense and the run game travel. But, like, you got to know exactly who you are. And it, and it didn't, like, at first, Kyle, it felt like was getting a little pass-happy early in the game. I'm like, well, it's weird because Kyle, we've talked about over and over, is not a pass-happy young coach. And, two, it's just not really a game to be passing because it's going to be hard to catch. Their DBs actually aren't bad. I mean, Marcus Peters and – Humphrey, who Richard exchanged jerseys with after the game, and like it's kind of like a Richard type player. Earl Thomas is still there, and then he got back to running the ball, and that put him back in the game. And to me, if you can run the ball and your physical tough team, that's where Harbaugh's teams like check out Harbaugh's resume with the Niners. Most of the good teams they were beaten were close games. Like you, you're gonna win close games. That's just part of the deal, you know. I should I should host a radio show in Ann Arbor on Monday. Be like, just but let's look at his record with the Niners. I mean, he was pretty good. Well, that, everyone says, and, and you're, I think I think the NFL's a lot different in college, right? With the clock stopping after first downs and shit. Like this style doesn't necessarily win you championships in college, and that's what some of the knock is on Jim. Like you got to adapt a little bit to what even even look at Saban, right? The points are just getting outrageous. Even the best defensive coordinator in probably college football history, Nick has no answers for a good offense. None. But in the NFL, like a good defense, guy, everyone's tweeting about Lamar Jackson. They held him to 100 yards throwing the football. It's not like he destroyed him. He really just destroyed him with his legs. He destroyed him being a runner. He's a fucking running back, playing quarterback, who can throw. Like he's His throwing is clearly better than we all thought it would be. But the difference in the game today was him on the fucking ground, which is unlike anything I've ever seen. And then Kyle, before we get into Lamar, two things that I wrote down. Yeah. The clock management at the end of the game. And part of never playing in any big games till this year, and they haven't played in any big games this year, and even the games they won with Jimmy, you know, it was, it was just different, right? I mean, the season was over. They, they were playing with some house money. I'm not saying that it didn't matter, because it clearly mattered. It showed, like, this is what Kyle can do. But, like, the timeouts and – you know, kicking field goals at the end of the halves. We were not judging that situation. His clock management at the end of the first half today bit him in the ass. And part of it's on Kyle, to me, got a little gun shy. And then they hit a couple big plays. And then they were in field goal range. And then the other elephant in the room is, do you trust the, and here's what he is right now, the overpaid kicker? Because part of being good is your kicker, we talked about this before we jumped on the podcast, Think of the most famous kickers over the last like couple decades. You notice none of them are on shitty teams besides Sebastian. And then you and I, when we got into the radio, 
business, where you were in the radio business, when I hopped on and we started talking about the Raiders a lot, I think you and I were like, are you Sebastian that good? And you realize he never had to kick pressure kicks until they kind of got good with Carr and Mack, and he missed a he was shitload old of them. The, yeah, and he was old at that And he was older, time. so it was unfair to judge him. But my point is, besides Seabass, all the famous kickers, Vinatieri, uh, Gudkowski, he's on injured reserve right now for the, for the Pats, Tucker, McManus, you just start naming the guys that make four or five million dollars. The guy you see them in the playoffs, right? Like it feels like Tucker and the Ravens haven't even they've been in the playoffs once in like four years. He was their kicker when they went to the Super Bowl, right? I mean he's been on the fucking team forever. McManus, how many big field goals has he hit in Denver over the years? Like good kickers. Part of being a good kicker, you're in pressure spots. I is Robbie Gold a pressure kicker? Part of the reason the Bears got rid of him is because they were kind of good and he was not trustworthy. Like, Robbie Gold was kicking ass, kicking field goals when fucking the games didn't matter. And now he holds out. He gets a shitload of money. He can't even fucking kick. Now, I get it. He got blocked or whatever. But that's I'm not even talking about they get blocked, the execution of the kick. Just more, I think, all season has kind of led to most fans would probably say, yeah, my trust level in this guy is pretty low. I mean, look, I, here's the thing with kickers, right? And we've talked about this before. They're like, they're like referees. Because they miss one. It's not like a quarterback where you get 14 misses in a game. Yeah, he's hey, missed like six or seven times. this year, though. He was 7-13 before the kick. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. But So here's the deal with him. He's 8-8 eight of eight in the playoffs. I'm just looking at it right now. He's 8-8 in, eight of eight in, in his career. Kicker. In his career. Now, he hasn't kicked the playoff field goal since 2016, and that was the first one he'd kicked since 2010. So he's kicked one in basically a decade. Okay. Um, but to me, like today in the rain, 50-yarder, I coming off in this is his first time active, right? Since the injury, since he went on whatever we call it, I guess it's still just inactivity. Yeah. Uh, I almost said I almost said uh, IL, but that's baseball. But yeah, I think just generally speaking, I think it's I think it's fair to be concerned. And the concerning part is that like the Niners are comfortable playing in close football games. They're good. They're kind of They're playing for good it, football teams. Right? Yeah, so you just you just end up in these games where it's like, here's what I knew. I knew when uh, automatic Tucker stepped up, he wasn't missing that kick. Didn't you? Did you have did, did you have any doubt that he was making that kick? I not only didn't think he was not. I mean, I I knew he was going to make. I thought he'd split the fucking uprights exactly like he did, like a no doubter. But like, have not you, even uh, one of those where you kind of hold your breath. You're like, could that miss? Oh no, it was just you know. <laughs> by the way, Thanksgiving. The Cowboys kicker, Mar. you know when you tee it up on the tee box, you like put it on the left, all the way on the left side of the tee box. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna work it around. It's like, can you guys just put the ball in the middle of the field and please kick it straight? What are you doing? What is? Why are you trying to work the ball? You're in a dome. Just kick it straight. I know. What is that? I don't get it. So anyway, yeah, no, it's it's uh, you nervous every time he steps up, which is a problem because they're gonna play in close games. And then the other thing would be. Now, granted, like, before the Niners got the ball back in the fourth quarter, the Ravens, who are, I'm sure you saw the article that got written the last couple weeks, everyone has given them a reach-around job on their on their ability to incorporate analytics, right? It turns out they got an Ivy League guy, Yale or something, that is, like, in meetings with John Harbaugh now. He's 25 years old. The Athletic did like a profile on the guy, which I can see people around the league like, oh my God, you know? They go for it on every fucking fourth down. You, me, most football-watching people 
pro going for it. This isn't some analytic take. Everyone I've ever watched football with, today when the Niners went for it on fourth down, the place started cheering. ton of Niners fans in Honolulu, by the way. The place is cheering. So, yeah, people are pro going for it. But he went for it late in a game at like the 45-yard line in a tight-scoring game, and I kind of lean with Belichick. Like, yeah, I'm pro-analytics, but every situation is determined by that individual game. It was fourth and five. Lamar threw it. If you told me they did like a quarterback power, I'd be all for it. But they, And they did not get it. That's how the Niners got the ball back in the fourth quarter to drive down, you know, to end up going for it on the fourth and one. And Kyle, which, and I think the analytic would people say, well, Middlecoff, you can't get on John Harbaugh for going for it. Like, you're just, you're just being results-oriented. Well, yeah, the results of it fucking kind of matter. It's a tie game. It's a low-scoring game. You're giving it to the Niners, who no one's really done. There have been three fucking points in the second half up to that point. Total of either team. Like, you might want to kick them, pin them. Just, again, I get, I'm get. i all for playing for the win, but they might go three and out, kick it back to you at the 50-yard line, and Tucker can hit it from, like, 60 yards. But, again, I'm not trying to be results-oriented here, but you've ran it all day. You spread it out, and the ball gets tipped. I get it. They did have, you know, 15 guys in the box because they, they're going to run it. But when you go spread in the shotgun in this offense, I'm not some quality control coach and have done the tendency breakdowns, but I'm pretty sure that's a telltale sign. You're throwing the ball, right? At least if you put Jimmy under center, you got the play action fake. You got just different options. That's what, to me, makes Lamar so dangerous. He can be like under – he can be in the shotgun. He can be under center. You don't know what the fuck's going on. Well, you know, when he when he scored his touchdown rushing, right, there was, I swear to God, and I loved it, it looked like there were 40 people on the line of scrimmage from both teams. And he was under center, and then he shifted into the pistol. And then he still ran the football. I think he shifted into the pistol with maybe a maybe the tight end came next to him. D- doesn't it feel like... When the pistol and Kaepernick, it was more just the lanes were wide open. It's like, God, does anyone know what's going on? With this, it feels like there's seven options and everyone kind of freezes. It's different. It looks yeah. different to me. Well, I don't know. I think because it, it's clearly, as a formation, it, offensive coaches have tinkered with it for you know a decade now. Well, and this guy's the tinkering guy, right? He's the one that implemented it kind of first in the NFL. Were the Niners, were yeah. there any other teams running the pistol? Really? No, they had to be the first ones because Colin was the first one running it. Well, actually, the guy that preceded Colin at Nevada ran it, but Colin was the first guy to really run it. Yeah, because they just wanted to give him some packages, right, that he'd be comfortable with, and then it just built on itself. And then, remember, like Peyton Manning kind of liked it. Other Even throwing quarterbacks that weren't going to run just liked the, just yeah. the dynamic nature of it. Because I do think, I remember Peyton Manning, and this is true, when you do give, like when Peyton was in it, it gives your running back an extra kind of momentum downhill. And Ingram is a really good player. Like, he is just one of those not – doesn't ever have a weakness. He's not like an – he's not an elite player, but he's just – he's just good. You know, he's just a high-level NFL starter. And, fuck, he gets running downhill. He's he's kind of like a Josh – like a – he's not quite as dynamic as Josh Jacobs. But he's a good player, man. I mean, that's – if that guy's your running back and then you got Lamar – Jesus Christ. And like you said, they got these tight ends that aren't normal tight ends because they're kind of move guys. Their offense is dynamic. Where the Niners, so I, I understand where John would be like, we're going to go for a line of fourth downs because just look, we get four and five yards pretty easily. 
because no one knows where the fucking ball is going. But the Niners' offense is not necessarily like that. When you spread four or five wide, it was clear on that fourth and one they were going to pass the ball. Now, it looks extra shitty when the ball gets tipped. But do you love the pass play on fourth and one, even if the box is stacked? You know, look, I I don't love it, but I also, to me, part of what makes any Kyle chance you any chance you punt with five minutes left, pin them. No, I'd go for it. Where were they at? Thirty-six. Uh, yeah, I got the play. They, that was the play before that was the crazy Jimmy pitch play, right? Where he's wrapped up and gets rid of the ball, and it was that was fourth and four, fourth and three. I mean, I shouldn't say there's no chance, but I, I, I think given I know it hadn't been a high-scoring game, how dangerous they are, and how confident I was, I felt pretty good about it if I just put myself back in the spot of where I was when they Thir- went for thirty-five-yard line guy, thirty-five-yard line. Yes, and you don't really, you're not kicking it. So, is that a problem, or is it is that a yeah, factor of the of weather? Of course, it's a problem. Is that a factor of the weather? Fifty-two-yard field. Goal. Well, I what mean, is, what's it's the field a problem. Goal? Ten plus seven, right? So 35, 45, yeah, 17, 52. So it's a problem. Would, they, but would, I saw would, the, would the Ravens, have, today would the Ravens have kicked? Or they'd probably go for it. I, yeah, I, I, but you would too. say kicking's an option for them. I think that's part of the problem. Kicking would be an option for them in that spot. I don't know if kicking's an option for the Niners there, right? Given that he already uh, missed the kick. Perfect, if it's perfect weather, is kicking an option there? Well, he's never been a super high-distance guy. He last couple right. of years, he's been automatic – between like 48 to 40, that's what he always felt to me. To me, if you said that field goal for Tucker was 60 yards, I'd say like 70% chance he hits it, you know? Now, granted, at 50 yards or it was 49, it didn't clear it by that much. So part of it was, I think, the ball's not going to fly far. I just look at it like golf. In the cold, in the wet, the ball doesn't fly as far. I get it. But Tucker, to me, probably can – I bet he'd say, well, I can take a little off it to make sure I nail it. Like, he's just in the peak of his powers. Well, I feel like Robbie Gold doesn't even know what's – he's just kind of praying right now. <laughs> and that's just – like you said, kicking's kind of weird. You miss one, you get kind of drugged down through the mud, and it's mental – it's a, just because you, you're only – you play a small role. But, God damn. I don't think – two things. One, I think – and this is being results-oriented. I think time proved out that punting was not the move because – but would they have gone fail but, on fourth down? But they weren't really like if you punt. Again, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm pro just saying goal. they just I'm put together. I'm just saying they got the ball with the same amount of time they would have got the ball if you had punted and you didn't get the ball back. But they still had to kick a 49 so, yard field goal. No, I know they. It's true, but I just would have. To me, if you punt to them and you don't get the ball back, you don't forgive yourself. Well, and here's that. the other. And here, yes, and here's the other thing. Punting there, if it goes in the end zone, is only a 15-yard difference, right? You're at the 35, you punt, they get the ball at right. the 20. Yeah. So Kyle goes, looks at the special teams coach, what are the percent chances we can get this between the 15 and the 10? He's like, you know, in this weather, it's going to be hard, right? Just because it had been. It's Now, the one thing you saw today is when it's wet like that, on grass, a little golf too, the ball stops. Like the punts, if you just hit it to like the 10, it's not really bouncing one way or the other. It just kind of gets English and just sits. So I think you can nitpick that. Again, I, I will never – because you, you get crushed for being Jason Garrett and constantly being a pussy. I, I'm not, I don't mind the mindset at all, just like I don't even necessarily mind the mindset for the Ravens. 
My problem with the Ravens was like, you're going to make Lamar throw it. I'd run it because the Niners have no answer for the for the Niners. It was just. It's clear what you're doing. Here would be my issue. And again, this nitpicking, it's it's way harder, you know, heat of the moment. But when the Niners go shotgun 3-4 wide, wouldn't you imagine they pass, the tendencies would say, 90% of the time? So, yeah. so you're putting your arms up. Why? Because you tell your defensive lineman, it's fourth and one. They're going to get rid of the ball fast. He's susceptible to getting a ball block. That's good coaching Ups. by them. It is. I'm looking at the play again, and I'll say my other part of the play call, which is I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo's good enough that if you if you die with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the football, I can live with that. Watching the play again. Now, John, I don't have the all-22 or the end zone uh, Someone open? Yet, but, uh, no, not from what I can tell. So uh, out of the backfield, he's looking for Kittle over the middle. Mostert comes out of the backfield. As Jimmy is trying to get the ball to Kittle, Mostert's getting crushed. <laughs> 99 is covering him, and it's just taking him. He's, he gets taken out. And then Kittle is in a collision with whatever linebacker's on him. The linebacker's going down. Kittle's trying to run through him to get to where he thinks the football is. Uh, it doesn't. I, it looks like maybe Debo had a small window, but I don't know that Kittle – I mean, Kittle was going to have to catch a ball with a linebacker falling down at his feet. Do you think the Ravens made the right choice? Remember last year at this time we were talking about you think John Harbaugh would come to USC? <laughs> you think right. are they gonna fire John Harbaugh? Like is something weird going on with John Harbaugh? And now a year later, he's had would you say two of the best wins of the year, the Niners and the Patriots? <laughs> yes. I would those are the two best who's didn't he I mean who, the Niners have had a couple of the great wins, but who else did he kill? Lamar just did something last week. I, I forget who they even played. Well, the the Rams. Oh, they beat the shit out of the Rams on the road Monday yeah. Night Football. <laughs> yes. Wade Phillips, after the game, said Lamar's the MVP. Because you would say the Niners' two blowouts against, against quote-unquote, solid teams, the Panthers, who actually have kind of fallen apart, but the Packers have been at home. He went on the road to the Rams and, I mean, boat raced them. So, yeah, the, the yeah, Ravens. came back short week was ready. If you did power rankings, it depends. Has the Sunday night game even kicked off? It hasn't, but. They beat the Patriots, so they couldn't be above them. The only other team you could put at one would be the Saints, right? That would be the only other team that would have an argument. Seattle, I guess, if they were to beat Minnesota tomorrow, would be, what would they be, 10-2? and two. So they'd be in the mix. The first place, NFC West, Seattle Seahawks, as of right now. Uh, you want to go – yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that real quick before you get to Lamar. Just the math now on the division. It's just crazy that the Niners are in this position where we talk about, hey, it's a good loss – or at least you look good, but there's no such thing as a good loss in this division when the Seahawks are as good as they are. That, you get, I mean, this stretch they're in is pretty incredible when you consider who they've played the last few weeks, who they played today, who the Seahawks play Monday Night Football, just in, I'm talking from an entertainment standpoint, who the Niners play next week, and just how critical every single one of these games are. This has got to be just an exhausting stretch for well, them because you just well, get no breaks. Well, you know they're staying in Florida. They're not even coming back. So it's – I don't want to say it's must win, and we'll have a better idea. To me, if Seattle wins this game tomorrow and the Niners then lose the New Orleans Saints, we'll probably start talking about a wild card team. And uh, now a wild card team that's going to be maybe 12-4, and 13-3, but that's just the way the cookie crumbled, which is nuts. I I mean, do you think Kirk Cousins can go into Seattle and beat them? I don't know if Seattle's quite as tough as it once yeah, was, I, but I think they're playing well. Thielen's out. I saw it came across my ticker today. 
That's because if they if if Seattle wins Monday Night Football, you start thinking, God, this is some fucking pressure on this Saints game just to hold no blood, right? And the Saints are coming off a long week. The Niners are staying away from home. The Saints have where did I just see a picture of Drew Brees? Like the Pelicans game? Like didn't they play? Oh yeah, they played Thanksgiving. He's just been chilling. They looked wearing an untucked shirt, probably promo code. Oh ham. yeah, they beat the shit out of the Falcons. The little bit I watched, I did. I did. I did yeah, I, well, you didn't miss anything. I, I did a hit with uh, Gottlieb on Friday, and I had watched like one minute, and he goes, "What do you think? How about the ending of that game? They kicked three straight onside kicks." And I was like, "Did you see that part? I did not." And all I said, uh, was I think like, I had given up on the game by then. All I did was drop a, "Yeah, these Thanksgiving day games are nuts." <laughs> That's all I have. I was like. What? I, I thought it was a blowout. I so I gave up on that game, and then I they made like a late push, and because they got all these like onside, onside kicks. kicks. If if the Niners can somehow, I got I got to tell you, Doug. I mean, we got to do something about these onside kicks. Can, can we get one of these things to to land? I mean, I, to, as far as I'm concerned, any game that ends with onside kicks is a good football game. But that's just me. That that would have been my answer. I think. Wouldn't you say it'd be kind of surprising? Now, again, I think the Niners are really good, but these road games at New Orleans, I think what kind of sucks about this one is you go, God, we're fucking right there. Like, there is a chance that you just lose by two touchdowns against the Saints, right? You just kind of run out of gas on the road, and it was just like that. Right. your chance was this week. And it just, like we said, you'd rather win the Saints game than this game, but you don't know that at the time, and you're just in this Ravens game on the road. You got the ball in a tie game, driving in the fourth quarter. I'm thinking, like, fuck, they're going to go into Baltimore and win this thing? This is insane. With Lamar looking like Michael Vick, and then you don't get the fourth and one, and then you start doing the math. You're like, well, Kyle's already wasted a couple of timeouts. Now, in fairness, he wasted one timeout because they took so goddamn long to get the line of scrimmage, and they, you had to take the timeout. But you go, well, the math is they could run out the clock here, and this is a problem. And then you realize, who's their kick? Oh, yeah, it's just one of the great kickers in NFL history who just hasn't missed since 2007. And that's kind of what stings, I think, when you look back. So you do all the moral victory stuff, which there aren't moral victories unless when you're talking about comparing yourself to non-common opponents in the other conference. But this game did matter when you factor in who they're playing next week. That's I don't ever yeah. remember. I, I asked you, I would imagine Elias will tweet something out maybe after Seattle. like Because if Seattle loses, then the Niners will still be in first place. But let's say Seattle wins. I bet Tuesday we'll have like the Niners are the first 10-2 and two you know, team on early December to be in second place since whatever team, I bet it's been a while. Because <laughs> I would say well, 98% of the time, guy, when you're 10-2, and two, you're in first place in your division. Because you're 8-4. Yeah, you're 8-4, and four, you're in good shape. Remember, we talked, to, I only remember because we talked about it a, a week or two ago, the 08 season where the Patriots did not make the playoffs at 11 and 5 with Matt Castle. The Ravens were a wild card at 11 and 5 and the Colts were a wild card at 12 and 4. Like well, that's a hell of a year in the AFC. Yeah, but when you're 10 and 2, you're usually not going 11 and 5. You're more you're right. going to go 12 but maybe, and 4. Like what were the Colts the Colts finished at 12 and 4? Well, let me pull up their schedule here. And, and they were what? Second place? Second place. Oh, I got you. Yeah, that they might be a good one. So it takes, Let's you know, see, a they, 11 and 1 team. Their record doesn't have their uh, Yeah, so they started slow. Like they started 3 and 4. So they were not 10 and 2. They got hot. And then they no, yeah, and then they didn't lose a game from week 9 on. They went they won the Super Bowl. So they weren't 10 and 2. Won the Super Bowl that year? 
Oh, they went, but they lost to the Saints. No. No, no, no. That year they lost to the they lost the wild card game that year to the Chargers. Who went to the Super Bowl that year? What year is this? Uh, this is 08. So Super Bowl's 09? Steelers. Oh, yeah. Well, Roethlisberger versus, uh, I mean, one of the great Super Bowl games ever. Roethlisberger versus uh, Kurt Warner. James Harrison on that return when Larry runs out of bounds and chases him. Right at the end of the first half. That was a hell of a Super Bowl. I, I watched the Pat Hills it house. was. NBC, I think. Al Mi- Al yeah, Michael's Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth. That was NBC for sure. Yeah. So uh, I was with some, I was I with some people this today, is... and we know them since going back to our uh, our radio days. That thought Charles Davis might add some cash on the Ravens. Did you... <laughs> there was a play that Jimmy Ward went up for the ball and tried to pick it, and they called. They didn't call anything, and Harbaugh challenged it for pass interference, and he, he didn't get overturned. And, it, you know, it was by the letter of the law it might have been, but he was going up for the pick. And my understanding of the rule, just from hearing defensive talk, coaches talk forever, the defender has the same right to the ball as the offensive player, right? If they're going up to get it and they interact, that is not P.I. It's when you right. inhibit their ability by touching them before. But if you're going up for or the you're ball, not- you have it, or you're not making a play on the ball, and that's what Jimmy. He was being more aggressive for the ball than Andrew. So, the, the, just the, the, the rule is, but he did like as he's going up for the ball with one hand, use the other hand, hits him in the face. So technically, <laughs> yeah, but it's just hands to the face. Yeah, but <laughs> but he but it was overthrown. Have you noticed that? Remember the two uncatchable? Is is that even in the rule book anymore? You never see it. You never see it. I. Uh, I think what you get a lot is just illegal contact in that situation. Didn't it feel like in our or a defensive holding. younger days in our in our twenties, there was a lot of the referee going like well, this? You know, if you have you ever stands, have you ever seen that in a college well, game this year? I don't, I've never seen it. Well, yeah, I, college. I, a I do more see. It. I don't misses. really see the. I don't see the uh, signal, but I've seen it a couple times where it falls out of bounds, and it's like it wasn't holding. Uh, and it wasn't illegal. I don't know. And they haven't called the illegal contact. And they've, to me, appeared to just let it go because of where the ball was. But you don't see this. Like, you see coaches doing the signal all the time. Fans are doing the signal. Everyone's doing the signal except for the officials. I haven't seen an official do that signal in 15 years. If you told me that, you know, in 2012 at the uh, at the rules committee meeting, they took that out of the rule book, I'd believe you. Because <laughs> you're right. I haven't seen what, – what was the – when you and I went to dinner with the late great Reggie Cobb, what was his joke? Oh, it was the it was the wide receiver. It was receiver. the my bad guy. It was the wide receiver. When my he bad, drops. my bad. Yeah, <laughs> my bad. When he hits yeah. his chest, it's like my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah man. Dog, I was Doghouse Grill. Yeah, Reggie had Reggie had great yeah. stories. Tennessee is a uh, uh, Tennessee rattled off a bunch of wins. Finished seven and five. Yeah. So here's the value though of not a moral victory for the Niners, but the value. Of of watching that game is I if if they end up in a situation where they are the wild card, I'm going to feel pretty good about their ability to still get to the NFC Championship game. The problem is just going to be that road game they're going to play, um, or road games that they're going to play. But I'm like I just watch them on the road right now. Going, is it going to get tougher than that on the road in the NFC playoffs? You'd admit though, part of what made Jim a legend in his three years when he was winning were the road playoff games. Now, one of them was a road playoff game to the Super Bowl, if I remember correctly, right? The Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Uh, he had two home playoff games the first year. 
that second who they played. Do you remember who they played before the Atlanta Falcons in to go to the, play the Ravens? Because the next year they played the Packers and the Panthers, then lost Seattle. It wasn't the Packers. It was year? the Packers, right at home, and that was yeah. Kaepernick ran all over. So he won three road playoff games in a two-year stretch. It would be a very very would. For as awesome as it would be to make the playoffs and to start the year, if you just like we said, playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. But when you start ten and one, and then all of a sudden you're doing the math, you're like, well, being twelve and four, thirteen and three is fucking cool. But if, if we're the five seed, we're, we're not going to get any playoff games at Levi's one. What if you were to lose the Cowboys in that round one? Would that be that would be devastating? Because you are clearly there. The Forty Nineers are clearly the better football team. Yeah. Would devastating you, to the Niners and devastating to every Cowboy fan that wants Jason Garrett fired. Yeah. Would you say that then, just to make it a worthwhile season, if you went 12-4, and four, you make the playoffs, you have to win that playoff game. I would imagine, what would you guess the Vegas line would be, Niners by 4 or 5? Because the Cowboys are going to be fucking like 8-8 eight and eight, and the Niners would be 12-4, and four, and even in their losses, they're playing well. Yeah, to me that... Niners by 7? I don't think it'd be below 5. To me, it's 6.5. Could it be Would seven and a half? Would some of the sharps I mean, be saying? That is, that a, is that a you know a values play on the Cowboys then? Because you start well, you start I mean, doing the math. What like were that's, they today? That's a pretty big favorite know, on the road, guy. Yeah, I know. But what were they today? Four point underdogs. Three. I, I saw it got up to high as like six on like Tuesday, and, Thursday, or Friday. I mean, and that come on, like they're. Because I got a lot That's of ten, what they did today was much more difficult than what they'd see in Dallas. Would you say if they was on a neutral field? Because to me, if you're on a neutral field and the grass isn't as wet, Lamar then is a little more dynamic, right? <laughs> as a runner, like he just might be a little more explosive. Yeah, you now, might you might be at an advantage to play him in that yeah, weather. That the counter would be, that was my thought going him. into the game. My thought after the game would counter that would be well, the Niners' passing game is doesn't really exist because beside Kittle, they don't have many dynamic like Emmanuel Sanders and Debo do the best they can, but. They are a little limited. Like, they are a different squad yeah. inside. Because their defense is the same. But I thought today, Lamar, for as great as he was, running the ball. Now, maybe he was a little less accurate, too, throwing the ball. Because he had some BBs behind guys. But that's part of his deal. He's just, he's not Mr. Accuracy. Before we get to him, though, real quick. here's what. So, we got Monday Night Football, Seahawks, Vikings. Seahawks then go to the Rams. Well, I wouldn't count out the Rams helping out the Niners there. Did you I see? Mean, you see today, Goff. Help, but. I just I didn't watch one minute of the game, but I saw he had 300 plus yards at halftime against the Cardinals. They beat the shit out of Arizona. First touch. He threw his first touchdown pass since October. <laughs> How about that stat? Isn't it December first? Yeah, uh, December second when this podcast releases. Uh, then they go to Carolina. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, I don't know. They should win that game, go. but then they'd play the Cardinals. Then they play the Niners. So. I'd, I'd have to Google this. I don't really understand tiebreakers unless I read up on them. If the Niners are one game behind Seattle going into that final game and they win that game to then have the same record, but they've split, what's the next tiebreaker go? Wins in your division? Would it be your division record? Yes. Yes. What's Seattle's well, division record right now? Do you have it in front of you? I do, uh, actually. Yes. So the... It's really winning percentage, so this is where like a tie hurts you. Um, so they're three and one. So they so they both have three wins. Niners have played one more game. So Seahawks are three and zero. Oh, Niners are three and one. So potentially they both could be five and one, right? Then what does it go to? Conference. 
That's common games. So they've both played the same teams. Obviously, they're in the same division, but they would have played the two divisions. Did the Ravens beat Seattle? Or did Seattle beat the Ravens? I think Seattle beat the Ravens off the top of my head. But, God, I'm just... the uh, In Seattle? Seattle lost to the Ravens. They beat the Browns. Seattle, here's the other thing that helps. They lost to the Saints. Seattle beat the Steelers, beat the Bengals. It feels like they have the same fucking year. I mean, the only difference right now in the two teams is the Seattle beat them. So right now it would be pretty even, guy. All the common opponents, they've, they have the same record against, to my knowledge. So then you go... Uh, Conference, God, we're and this is the fourth tiebreaker. It, it doesn't feel like most tiebreakers come this deep, right? Wait till we get to the fifth tiebreaker. Strength of victory. I was hoping tallest quarterback. <laughs> well, strength of victory is not on the Niners' side because their strength of victory. I would think not, but that's where beating the Saints would be massive. But the Saint, but Seattle lost to the Saints, so it's not. Yeah. Are, are you less focused I'm now saying, on so, home field buys and more focused on the division? Is it fair to say that just because the division probably gets you a home field buy, clearly? Like, do you think it's safe to say whoever wins the NFC West is going to be the one or two seed? That's how it feels right now. I Yes. So would you yes. say the one or two and seeds? I, and to answer your question, yes. The one or two seeds? I've been thinking about them like they're the two, two one and the same. Yeah. Win the division, be the one seed, get the buys. So would you say the Saints feel kind of grandfathered into one of the buys? Yes. And then the Niners in Seattle are battling it out in December for the other bye. Yeah, to me it's either beat New Orleans, beat Seattle, be the one seed, lose to New Orleans, have somebody, either the Rams or the Vikings, beat you, Seattle, and you beat Seattle, you're you the You know the wild card is, though, guy? Minnesota wins out. Kind of knocks out Seattle. The Niners fuck up, lose to New Orleans, and then maybe Seattle gets them. Minnesota is sneaky alive in a weird way. Now they have to win them all, but if they win them all, the Minnesota Vikings would be thirteen and three with a bunch of big wins down the stretch. Seattle, at, they host Green Bay. Do not count out the uh, out the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, but you would still, even in that scenario, need to lose a tiebreaker to the Packers. Who? Right. You're talking about the Niners? I'm saying you're talking Minnesota. About, you're talking about whoever loses the NFC West could get bumped to out. To the three seed. Because what if yeah. Minnesota is 13-3, and three, and if Seattle was 13-3 and three and Minnesota beat them, it'd be like, fuck, you're welcome to three, right? Oh, oh okay, sorry. I thought you were talking about something else. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I'm just saying no one talks about Minnesota. I thought you were, talk- <laughs> I thought you were talking about the Niners or the Seahawks missing the no, playoffs. No, no, no. I'm just saying I, I think we all talk about like the Minnesota-Green Bay group is automatically just going to be the three seed. I'm just saying something to keep an eye on. Minnesota specifically, that they could just rattle off a bunch of wins and all of a sudden be 13-3 and with win over Seattle take out Green Bay, and then all of a sudden you're like, damn, they're the, it's just not out of the realm of possibility. Now, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, you'd be like, well, if I can just lost, yeah, that's possible too. Yeah. Same with Seattle. Like Seattle could just go on a run. There's a chance that Seattle finishes multiple games up ahead against the Niners, right? Because if I told you they win this game against Minnesota, 
and then they beat the Niners, there's a chance they don't lose a game till the pl- you know till the playoffs start. Yeah, there's a chance they win the division by two games. So there's a chance that going into that game, it doesn't matter, right? There's a chance, yeah, but I don't because it. How would that happen? Could there be? Could there be a chance that we already know what the tiebreakers are? I guess the math changes every week uh, with the with the other teams. But even if the Niners were one game down, so let's say the Niners go into that game were twelve and three. Let's just say they were eleven and four, and so they now I guess let's say they're twelve and three. Seattle. Well, you would need the Niners to lose a a divisional game, which they so the, so so Seat- they Seattle wouldn't one. mind. Be like, well, if we beat Minnesota, you can beat New Orleans. We just want you to lose to the Rams, right? Oh, they do. Yeah, they 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 haven't played. Doesn't feel. I feel like they've played the Rams. No, they got the the Rams come to Levi's. So if if the the Niners were to drop that game, that'd be crippling. Yeah, because then because even if they're even then even if they're one game back of Seattle, it won't matter. Right, a tie would they would still lose a tie. So the only way for it to be like that, if they're if they're one game down, to then they could still beat Seattle and have the same record where it wouldn't matter is if they lost to the Rams. That'd be bad. Would you? Is it fair to say then it's more important to win that Rams game than the Saints game? Middle Cough, you're moving the goalpost. Depends where your goals are. You're, yeah, why are you lowering the expectations? Well, I'm, just, I'm just trying to be realistic. Like, who, who, who goes into New Orleans and go wins besides Dan Quinn? But this is where I say, if they're who I think they are, they beat the Rams. Yeah, right. but even if they are who you think you are, you are who they th- you they are who you think they are. They could lose the Saints by ten. That's my favorite thing to do. Is then they lose a game you don't you didn't think they should lose. You're like, well, I guess they didn't. They weren't who I thought they were. Yeah, I, I gave them too much credit. I guess I guess Adam Gase. Not I was wrong. Just I they weren't who I thought. Adam they were. Gase, I guess, told the media on Wednesday. They're like, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? And he's like, I don't have time. We're game planning for that, and then they lost by twenty plus points of the Bengals, and I guess all the New York guys just crushed them during the game. Like, what a fucking clown comment! You're an idiot, bro. Just go eat Turkey Day with your family. Oh man, you know they were riding a little high. You know, Jets got a little full of themselves. Yeah, they did. You beat the Raiders by thirty-one points. Uh, all right, before we move on, John, let's tell the people. Holiday season. I don't know what you all wore to your Thanksgiving. I had two Thanksgivings that needed multiple outfits. But I broke out the Untuck It for Thanksgiving number two. And uh, you can, too, with the holiday season continuing. Uh, Untuck It's the way to go, whether it's a gift. By the way, you can do gift cards, all that kind of thing. But you want it for yourself because we have it for ourselves. And that's where UntuckIt.com. Promo code HAM comes in. 20% play. off, guy. I did the same Thanksgiving meal in Hawaii. Don't tell anyone. A little underwhelming. Just limited portions. But, you know, I can't can't be I didn't I didn't pay for it, so I'm not gonna be uh crushing. Yeah. But I did have on my well? I did have on my untuckit.com promo code ham twenty percent off polo shirt. Uh perfect just fit in perfectly. And I love it and I'd highly recommend it. I easily could have worn a button up if I was in a colder place. Again, Untuck It has something for everyone. They have fifty stores nationwide, one by Haberman on Union Street in the Bay Area. But the way I shopped, I know the way you shopped, all online. It's so easy. Just go to untuckit.com. They got a ton of different options, button-ups, polos. Uh, hell, they sent me a long-sleeve shirt, like a just a kind of a plaid shirt uh, originally. Sent me a pair of jeans, too, I think. They, they got a bunch of different stuff. Really good. Untuckit.com, promo code HAM. On us, baby, 20% off. 
Cyber Monday? Is that yep, what is that go. what today's called? Or Cyber Monday last Monday? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, Cyber Monday. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. More than 50 fit combinations. Untucket.com. Promo code HAM. Go get it. Uh, podcast also brought to you by Seat Geek. Seat Geek, John. Did you know? I mean, we got a lot of stuff coming. I don't even know if this is probably not that. We just promoted all the different games coming up in the Bay Area. Uh, Kansas is going to play at Stanford at the end of the at the end of December basketball. Floor burn. I saw floor burn. I saw a ton of kids at the game that I did this weekend. Uh, again, greatest value in sports college hoops. Well, guy, you know, geek ten bucks off. You know what I would have done if I would have realized it when I was coming is the Maui Invitational was going on. My, my guy yeah. Robbie Evans, who I went to the 49ers game with, also happens to be vacationing here, but it's up by Kapalua where the tournament's going on. He texts me the other day. He's like, bro, I look over. I'm in the kiddie pool. You know who's sitting next to me? Bill Self. And the Ravers who I'm vacationing with, they've been coming here for years. They're telling me stories. Like, they've seen Coach K. You realize who – I mean, Maui Invitational, the, the the list of squads is always pretty solid. So, you know, yeah. you get Kansas, Izzo, uh, again, like – Robbie's staying at the good yeah, hotel. you can tell <laughs> he's living good. <laughs> That uh, the college basketball and really college football guy, if you live in the Bay Area, pretty good uh, Pac-12 championship game was that Friday, Oregon Utah. It is. Would yep. you say that's the best Pac-12 championship game since Oregon had to beat? I, I think they they beat Arizona. Remember that was the year like Arizona made the conference, champ, but the most on the line, right. like they had they were playing to get into the playoffs. And this game is going to be pretty big college basketball, like you said, big and one. guy. You get the Kings. You see the Kings overtime win against the Nuggets. You got mm. the Warriors who just aren't winning any games, which is a good thing. That means it's a lot cheaper. I don't know if you got Steph in studio. You got Clay being the sideline reporter. Draymond had a great line after the game. He said, "He did three years ago. This motherfucker wouldn't even talk, and now he's doing sideline reports. What the hell is going on around here?" And it's yeah, like because <laughs> he did part of the post game interview too. <laughs> it's like you know the other heads are falling off. Like what is going on? Uh, I don't blame yeah. them because the Warriors are, you know, they're on pace to win about 16 yeah. games. And the way I look at it is, listen, for most of us that live in Northern California, when they get back to winning 60 games, those price points are going to, you go go watch like Luca come in for 20 bucks. You know, get yourself a, what were they called? The burger dog that that Joe bought the guy to bring him over to Chase Center. Oh, yeah. from, uh, from We Olympic should go check Club? it out. I've got to go check out Chase Center this year just so I can claim I did it to watch just some sweet player that I want to see on another team. Yeah, let's do it. Sixers. Whenever the six, – I'll go see the Sixers. I'll go see the Mavericks. It's the best way for me to get one of those burger dogs too because I haven't been in an Olympic Yeah, I'll yet. go to see Giannis. I want to see a player that I really want to see. That we got to make sure okay. first – it would be cheaper actually if he's resting. You know? John Morant. I could, see, I could do something like that. Exactly. Jimmy, yeah. I'd even see like see, Heat. I mean, I'll, I'll see anybody. Jimmy Jim Butler. You know the crazy thing about Jimmy: every coach, every team he plays for, he ends up playing with a bunch of jerks. Have you noticed that? Well, they're winning. You notice that? Well, I just mean like everywhere he goes, poor guys get stuck with a bunch of jerks. He has to leave. Everybody else is a jerk. Sad. SeatGeek.com promo code AM. Uh, do you want to talk about Lamar Jackson now or save? Yeah, let's just time? real. Let's just touch on it really quick because I. Okay. When you say he's become, and maybe it's just that I tweeted some things over the years about, and I think a lot of people that follow football did, like a lot of the smart people just question how good he would be. And I think anytime you do something crazy right on a Monday night or Thursday night, that standalone game, when you thrive 
and everyone's been kind of shitting on you. And people like I I I was a skeptic, but I think most people that just like fucking sports would go, God damn, this guy's pretty fun. He's much better than I thought he would be. But I also think haven't we kind of jumped the shark? Like last week, Florio's tweeting out polls like, "This guy supplanted Mahomes." And I saw Schwartz had a good tweet like, "Can we pump the fucking brakes? Mahomes plays a different game than this guy does." After watching him today in a tightly contested game, he is, I feel confident saying, beside Vic, Cam was pretty special, but Cam was different, right? Because he was just, he was LeBron, like trucking guys. This guy, like Vic, is turns into a running back that has like shady McCoy meets Barry Sanders type moves with Bear, with Adrian Peterson's speed. So it's just, he is a great player, right? Because he's a runner. Not a great player because he's a passer, but he's a solid passer. Well, yeah, so I would say he's a great player because he's as good of a passer as he is while also being an elite runner, right? He is seventh in the NFL in rushing, and it's but he can make throws. He can beat you with his arm. Yes, but his running to is, me, that's, would you say his running not, is what really separates him? It is, but the running is so much more valuable because you have to also honor his passing. But I think, and again, he is him. Like, that's the package. But, like, when we judge Mahomes or we judge, even like Deshaun Watson or what Russell Wilson's become, they're judged strictly because they throw for 350 yards and four or five touchdowns a game. Now, Lamar did that, like, last week. Everyone's giving him the reach around. Throws for four or five touchdowns on Monday Night Football. Did you Google his box score? It was like 150 yards throwing. So it is just different. I, I think we have to acknowledge with context, they are not asking this guy to consistently throw for 300 yards in the game because they don't have to because he's running like a fucking deer, which is unreal. But I think big picture, can he do this for his entire career? Maybe the Ravens are like, we don't even give a fuck. We're just, we're just trying to win a Super Bowl in the next couple years with a guy and we'll figure it out from there. And, and I'd be like, you know, he is, I would say, the positive thing relative to, like, Cam, who was way bigger. But you'd be like, God, Cam is just taking a pounding. Remember that when he, even when he was young? And yeah. Vic was very reckless because he couldn't slide and he'd dive and he would just get somersaulted. About the fourth quarter day and someone goes, has anyone even really tackled Lamar? <laughs> like, he kind of falls and they just kind of touch him. But he's not really getting destroyed. So he's really good at avoiding hits. Like RG3, that was his undoing. He got he got really reckless. This guy, really capped. People forget. It was weird because remember the one year, it's like he broke his thumb. You're like, when did he get hurt? Captain didn't really take that many hits that first year and a half. But then it was just like, well, the wear and tear of running, I guess, which is weird. I, I never even remember him getting hit in the thumb, but he had a thumb injury. Lamar is pretty, like, people aren't getting clean shots on him because – like Barry Sanders, you don't ever get a clean shot on Barry Sanders, right? Yeah, like Ru- like Russell, right? But he's a little more dynamic. Yeah. He's quicker than Russell. Has has Twitter let the Hall of Famer Bill Polian out of jail yet, or what's the deal there? No, I think. He, or is he not on Twitter, so he doesn't give a shit? Yeah, I, I think he's in the Hall of Fame and a millionaire. I think he gives zero shits about when anyone like <laughs> this was Bill Polian to a a ten for his sins. It's like yeah, he had a take. He was wrong. He's drafted. You know, like. Why does like, credit to Booger? Credit to Booger. He said he was wrong. He admitted it. And I got you. Got to give him credit. But you know what's funny, yeah, guy, is like whatever. 
GMs that don't work in the media that don't say that, but they prove it with your actions. Like, no one shits on Al Davis for clearly in a draft meeting saying, you know what, I think Jamarcus Russell's way better than Calvin Johnson. Or, you know what, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is that good. Like, I'm not. I'm just using him as an example. Like, every GM has made yeah, these yeah. statements in their draft rooms that you don't even need to read their statement or have inside information. You just look at who they pick. They just like that guy more. Happens all the time. So Bill just happened to have a microphone, said something that you go, well, I do kind of see it. Like, he clearly is an offensive skill guy, right? What it, Was Bill Polian totally wrong here? Just his offensive skill translates to the NFL at a super high level. The difference is he's just good enough to play quarterback. But... Yeah, and the game was the game has been cha- right. The game changed, maybe came along at the right time. Well, they tailored the offense with the right coach. Of all, if you watch an NFL football this start to finish this season, their offense looks dramatically different than every other team, right? I mean, it has like an Army Navy feel to it. You're like your eyes are jot. I I've watched them, but I haven't watched them. I always feel different when you play the Raiders or the Niners. It feels like do I lock in more? I don't know, but. I just judge it differently. Yeah, probably. I, I, I must, I, but it's just... Also, you've watched... You watch a ton of football. We both do, but you've watched every... You just know the context of everything that's happening because you've watched the Niners that, that, so much. You've watched the Raiders too. so much. And it's just... It feels more screwing with you than it, the cap years. I, I'm telling you. I don't need to tell you because everyone listened and watched, and they all would say the same thing. Like, God, I didn't know where the fucking ball's going. And neither did the players. Yeah. I think Eric Weddle, I think someone the, said that last week against the Rams... They're like, you just got, why do you think this offense was so hard? He's like, to be honest, I had no clue who had the football. Like, we don't know who has the ball. Because, I mean, it happened naturally today. The whole place will erupt like, Bosa, stop falling for it. Well, it's easy to say that. It's another thing. Oh, yeah. Just, he, I thought, I swear to God, I thought he made the play. I didn't even realize that Bosa tackled the wrong guy. Well, <laughs> it, it happened countless times. But then that was the play that, was it Witherspoon? No, it was somebody got shook in the backfield. I don't think it was Witherspoon. Yeah. That was the play where I thought Bosa made a tackle. I didn't know that he didn't until the DB that came into the backfield was on his back because he got shook out of his shoes by Lamar. Oh, it was it was 24. Did, he gave him, he gave him the, uh, as Michael Strahan said at halftime, the hezzy. He, he gave him a Euro step. <laughs> the... Uh, I, the question is, just, look, I mean, last year to this year, he's obviously – the efficiency has gone through the roof. He's gotten way more opportunities too. But he started seven games last year with six touchdowns, three picks. Was 58%, which I think 58% was right in line with what he was. He was sub-60% as a college passer. But 58% well, in 2019 is way worse than it was 20 years ago. Yeah, well, now he's a 67% passer. Well, right? if he's going to be a 67% passer with this run game, they're going to dominate, right? Yeah, it's then he's going to – but I'm just saying we're still – he's you know, he's so young. He's two years younger than Russell Wilson was when Russell Wilson came into the league. Now. I think someone tweeted he's, he's 20, 22. Russell was 24. Yeah, he's 27. He's younger than Joe Burrow. Yeah, 27 days younger than Joe Burrow. Think about that. 27 – you see what Joe Burrow so, said yesterday about going to class? What did he say? No. They said, well, why was it so special for you to go out at uh, – because he, he was introduced as a senior, even though he's an underclassman, but yeah. he's leaving, right? And he's like, well, I, I really wanted to see the student body because I never get to see them because I don't go to class. And then he kind of catches himself. He's like, because I got online classes. Everyone's like, okay, buddy. <laughs> he just admitted he doesn't see the student body. He just says, he just football. He's a football. 
He's Incredible. a student athlete. No, he's an athlete student who's not a student. What a what a and I just tweeted quote. like, can we fucking can the media just be quiet a little bit about these guys getting fucked? This guy's living like a goddamn king. None of these guys go to class, and I don't care. I, I I'm not. I hate a class too, but let's not act like these guys are. You know they up all, now maybe like Richard Sherman studied and I'm, at certain schools you do, but let's at LSU I ain't going to class again. I don't care. But back funny. to Lamar. There were a couple passes a day that were just all over the place. And I've kind of come to grips like, who cares? If he's going to play like this, it doesn't necessarily matter. I, no. But I do think if somehow you can figure out how to stifle the run game, just where they can't just lean on it the whole time, just completely lean on it, if you make him a passer, because how many of those passes are play action stuff where the guy is kind of wide open, that he could still, he's still liable to, you'll be able to take advantage of him that way. If he can run it on you all yeah, day long, you've got thinking, no goddamn chance. Because the, ni- the Niners today, were playing the really well. We're still hanging on for dear life. It did feel that way. The matchup I want the most is, I got to think Belichick is invigorated by the challenge. I mean, not that he wasn't invigorated, but I got to think he is. his mind is on overdrive for the next meeting. And Ravens... Patriots to me not if that's not the AFC championship game it's going to feel like a major letdown I, I do think the Chiefs are a sleeper kind of getting their mojo back I know a I'm, bit. I, 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 I know I'm just saying like that I Belichick got it handed to him on a platter by that team I would love to see that matchup again yeah because I'd love to see Andy win a Super Bowl don't get me wrong it would have been nice if he'd already done it by yeah, now I know I, I I'm with you I that that would be fun to watch but I, I'd like to see this Niner team again playing like that's or the Saints for sure. Like, I think a good defense and a, a t- you need talent. I, I think the Niners actually. But I guess what I'm when, saying. When you say though the what, Niners what match up a little better than the Patriots, they're just faster. They have more team speed. Yeah, I mean, you need team speed to beat I, them. What I'm to me, what I'm saying as opposed to like the I want to see teams that have played them once. Like, is there an adjustment to be made, or is it just as simple as do you know where the football is? Are you fast enough to stop the person? You have the Patriot game on behind you. I what do. score? Seven three Ravens. By the time you're listening to this, it's over. Ravens. Sorry, uh, Texans. They oh, so the, the, the G Unit group showed up. They're coming to play. Uh, <laughs> so I, I let's put yeah. this thing on a bow. Lamar des- deserves all of the praise. He has been remarkable. But I think the high like people are putting them like Mahomes pl- just plays differently than him. They, he has to. He has to throw like he's no threat. To, now he had a running touchdown today, well, but I just think it's not it's not even apples to apples, right? I I think what happens is, you, especially in situations where a lot of people say somebody's not good, the second he looks good, people want to rush to tell you how, how great he's going to be. Which is, if you remember, if you've been listening to this podcast, as people who supported the Jimmy Garoppolo contract at the beginning of the year, we didn't think he was good enough, and then he got better as the season went on. And we said he might – there's a good chance he gets better here. He's coming off a major injury and et cetera, et cetera. But I think part of what's happening is just, you know, specifically because of how many people said Lamar's not going to be good enough yeah. that then you get oh, – he's not only good enough, he's changing the, the game. He's a very, very fun player to watch. And like Kaepernick in his peak – he would scare the shit out of you if you play them in a big game. Because you go, well, we might just, even if we play them right, it might not matter, right? That That's what probably, like you said, Belichick would have. 
Like, why does Belichick keep coaching? Just for the hope and pray of a of a challenge like that. Yeah, I I think the question is so is as simple as we don't know yet what the league will do next to Lamar. Or I mean, they kind of know, but we don't know how it's going to go. I think the one thing I'll say you can't hit the quarterback like, guy who think he's going to be really. Uh, in terms of people think he's going to be really good, I, the touch that his ability to throw different passes yeah. to me is just like that. That is where it. That's where Colin kind of hit a wall. Is he just didn't have enough? Colin as a, never as a, had, had that guy. He has no. He didn't. He could throw the change up but from different once angles. Once he had to do that. Once he like to me, Lamar's got a chance once he has to make the throws. And you could argue he already is he doing did it, it today. But I just think I'm talking about the game where he has seven yards rushing. Oh yeah. That game will happen. Yeah. It's just so they, they just, just take happen. it away, and he's got to throw for, like, 250, and a couple of them are just, like, lollipops and some ropes and the whole thing. Because Colin really, and I said this all the time. And I think Lamar's showing that he might people have People forget, uh, mainly because people just don't watch every team. You just are – even if, if you're a, a Bengal fan, you watch the Harbaugh Niners when they were on national TV, but you aren't watching every single game. Colin is the greatest splash player of all time. His splash plays were, I mean, as good as anyone in Canton has ever made. He made throws that fucking would make Brett Favre go, wow, right? John, the Anquan Bolton touchdown at Seattle in the NFC Championship game is one of the greatest plays. Yeah, but I've even, ever seen even plays like he had a touchdown pass once upon a time in a game at Tampa. It was like a 10 a.m. game that might have oh, th- yeah. flown 90 yards in the air. It was like. Was this DeVernon? Yeah, like who could. Got, I didn't that not throw seventy yards in the air. It was just like oh my, and I don't even think it was like a, a rainbow. It was more like a rope. But he, but he'd also when you look at his box scores, it was always like well he's like fourteen to twenty two for two hundred and two touchdowns. It was yeah, never the Peyton right. Manning, Tom Brady. But I think sometimes you got to take a step back. If you're running for seventy eighty yards, you're supp- you're supplementing that extra sixty seventy yards you're not throwing for. So why does it matter? And that's the argument. Yeah, th- then the Lamar. question becomes: You're only going to get that. That's where it becomes. You're only getting 22 attempts. You're going to get. You're going to have three that really matter. Or are you going to make them? You know what's terrify me is if like Baltimore had just like a blue chip tight end. Well, the, but their tight their that tight ends terrible. really aren't that bad. Like Mark Andrews is solid. No, well, I know. And Hayden Hurst, they drafted saying. him above Lamar Jackson. So the, you could say they built the team pretty well. They got two tight ends that are functional. Yeah. Could you argue yeah, though? I try, those guys. I feel like those guys catch every pass in the. That like team. that second year, they got a little challenging for Cap. Remember, they were a wild card that first year when he was taking the lead by storm. That was their year to win it. This might be their best chance to win the Super Bowl this year with Lamar. Right, this year yeah. when it's just kind of taking the lead by storm, you're winning a shitload of games. Depending on how the season ends up for the Patriots, you might have home field advantage. Fucking put all your chips in the middle of the table. Same way the Rams had their feel like their best shot, you know. It's weird. Like McVay will just hang on for dear life. It's like, God, the, what are the Rams like four and eight? And you look up, they're like seven and five. I'm like, well, are they still going to go ten and six? <laughs> now, is it playing Vance Joseph probably helped? Playing Andy Reid for the Raiders does not help, though. All right, John, on to the Raiders. Uh, we've been talking about this game for a few, for several weeks, and I said several weeks ago, if they'd beat the Jets, it would turn out to be the biggest game of the Gruden era for sure, and really the biggest game they played since their last playoff game. Well, they lost to the Jets by 31. Uh, Jack Del Rio said, time to prove something. Derek has not been good in the cold. I don't know if you're aware of this. Jack Del Rio is not the Raiders coach anymore. 
Then they went out and they lost 40-9 to thanks to a last-second touchdown that got them to nine. Uh, so by my math, that's back-to-back losses by 31 points each at the biggest stretch of the season. I did a little math. Just went to Cal Poly in we Fresno both did State. Math. Wow. So I'm not a yeah. math major. You did math too, and you nailed it. Uh, I did mine by hand, so it could be a little off here. In their two games against the Chiefs this year, they lost a combined 68 to 19. 68 to 19. 68 to 19. And if you remember that first game in Kansas or in Oakland, he only threw the four touchdowns in the one quarter. They didn't score another. It was just they scored 28 points. So it was just like they were just kind of fucking around. In this game, some of the points came off turnovers, like Derek helped out. They ain't even close. And one thing's clear is they're a six and six team. Their point differential is awful. Like, they get destroyed. Destroyed. Now, you can get destroyed by the Chiefs. You could say, well, the Chiefs are better. Yeah, but the part of the problem is they're in your division. And big picture, like you said, before we even look at the, the overall record, Derek has this blemish on his record where there's one team that eventually he's going to have to beat, right, <laughs> to win the division. Kansas City in Kansas City. Now, Kansas City kind of has ownership for the most part. Remember, Derek did get him on the a couple Thursday night games in his careers. He's got him, but in Kansas City, Del Rio's right. He's been atrocious, atrocious. And Derek snapped back and said, "Well, I thought that we won as a team and lost as a team." Derek, that's not what he's. He's just saying you haven't been good in Kansas City. He's not saying you lost in the game. He's saying you personally have not fucking played well. This is the goddamn NFL. Stop making fucking excuses. You get paid twenty five million dollars. Love you, man. But like, stop. Like, why do you keep fighting back on these guys saying stuff to you? And now, and his brothers don't help, but he, he's terrible. He was awful. I mean, if I told you that they go to Kansas City, and by the end of the first half, he has two picks and one's a pick six, would I say that they have any chance to win the game? No. They would, you know, you'd say no chance to win. I, I would say if you told me that they played a first half where he throws a pick and a pick six, I'd guess the score would be 35 to nothing. It was only 21 to nothing. So it actually wasn't even as bad as it looked because the Kansas city on the, after their touchdown drive had just a couple meh, you know, one of the Mahomes was just the way I described it to you. The way it looked to me was like you get an NBA player to go to a pickup game, but the pickup game isn't like me and you. It's like former college guys. So like they can play. So the guy has to try a little bit, but he knows he is by far the best player on the court. So he kind of fucks around and does some things he shouldn't have. Kind of just like Steph a lot of times during an NBA season over his career in a game. We're like, Steph, throwing no-look passes that hit people in the front row in the head as he's scoring 30 points. That's kind of what Mahomes – like, you guys don't even belong. Like, this is a joke. Well, how about – John, listen to this stat. Paul Gutierrez had this. So, they take, remember, they led the Jets 3 nothing. They were then shut out over the next seven quarters of football because they led 3 nothing, and then they didn't score until the fourth quarter of the, of the Chiefs game. So they were shut out 65 to nothing over, seven, over a seven-quarter stretch of football between the first quarter of the Jets game and the fourth quarter of the Chiefs game. Think about this guy. 65 to nothing. The Oakland Raiders are 6-6. Six and six. The Denver Broncos, who have had a bad season, right? Would you say they've had a bad season? Any, anytime yeah. you're four and eight, you've just had a bad season. Yeah. Yep. 
But it hasn't been like. We've defended them. Their point differential, and we've talked about it all season, like you got to keep an eye on these guys, they, is 39 points in the red, the, the Broncos. The Raiders is more than double that at 6-6. Six and six. They have two more wins, and the Raiders' point differential is in another fucking world. The, what is it? The Raiders is 87. Minus 87. Oh minus 87. I'm looking at, like, the Lions, who are 3-8-1. and one. Let me repeat that. 3-8-1. and one. The Raiders have three more wins. Is 35. More than double. The Falcons, who are 3-9, and fucking nine, is 63. The Cardinals is 96. So just the Raiders are in the Cardinals realm and they're 6 and 6. It shows you like I feel pretty confident when I said they wouldn't sniff 6 wins. Well, somehow they did, but I go sniff sniff cuz this team fucking sucks. So yeah, they might have 6 wins, maybe they get to 7. This team's not good. And they definitely have no shot if the quarterback's bad, right? Cuz their defense is atrocious. And he is, and this is where they're going to go into Denver December 29th or whenever the hell that game is and win in the cold? How's Derek going to play well in that? He does not play well in the cold, guy. Now, they, I saw Vic Tafer tweeted something. Uh, a little behind the scenes, no one knows. We had to sign off, sign back on, so I watched a couple Twitter videos uh, mid-pod. And uh, I watched this Tafer video, and they asked Derek, they said, do you think the cold played a role? And his first comment was like, you saw the ball coming out of my hand. It felt good. I was like, yeah, I don't think you think like you don't throw it as hard or anything, but you clear, you just don't play well in it. I don't know why. I don't. I can't really describe it. You're just uncomfortable. You're just not as confident. Is it in his head? I, I don't know. But he's two picks in the first half against the Chiefs. The game is over, guy. It is over. Like any human, you could just say that on a Thursday of the game week. Two picks, one's a pick six, the other gets returned to the 20 that leads to a touchdown. Do the Raiders have a chance? And you'd say, they don't have a snowball's chance in hell. Right? They don't just, they won't have a chance. They got no chance. Whatever a chance is, it's the opposite of the pendulum. Correct? Yeah, they they have, we've, we talked about this with the Jets game. If he throws a pick, it feels like it dramatically inhibits their ability. Because if you look at their games, John, they win cl- they win close games. Well, that's why their point differential is so shitty, because they, they haven't won any games by 20 points. But the games they win are not a great, you know, it's, okay, the three-point win over the Chargers, a seven-point win over the Bengals, a seven-point win over the Lions. So in those games against bad teams, one turnover could be the game. Yeah. Against good teams, it's really not. It's, it's one turn. It's not the game because they, they're losing by 31, 31 to the Jets who aren't good. They just got blown out. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like a 6-6. Six and six. Texans was really their best. That loss was their best loss. Yeah, to me, that might be their most impressive game of the year. The Texans are clearly good, probably going to the playoffs, and the Raiders went toe-to-toe with them. Like the Bears. I, I think this is why the Raiders are 6-6. Six and six. They, I, I've watched them all season long. They feel like a 4-8 team to me. The Bears, who are 6-6, six and six, who actually lost to the Raiders. Now, granted, their backup quarterback played, and we can argue, hell, Chase Daniels, better than Trubisky, I don't know. They both kind of stink. But the Bears, 6-6, six and six, their point differential is plus 4. Like, that, to me, they're just average. I don't think, I don't watch the Raiders and go, have they really made that much progress this year? Is Derek some lock to be on this team for years past? Go, and I'm not saying that Twitter's the end-all, be-all, but if you just look at, like, the 100 responses to a Vic Tafer tweet... About Derek, a lot of them are just, 
are we sure this guy's the guy? And I think you start having these moments where you go, we got, so, and you could argue, well, you got to see the forest. You, you can't see the forest before the trees. I don't even know that's, yeah. is that it? There you go. Yeah. Can't see the, they, they need to add the so much talent. How can you even focus on the quarterback? But then the counter would be, if you don't have a quarterback in this league, you got no chance, and your team's not good enough to go, well, we'll just build up other parts. Like, you just, that's the most important thing. So, if is Gruden all in on this guy? He can say whatever he wants, but you're throwing picks. You're getting blown out in divisional games. He's bad in the cold. Like, yeah, I get you play in Vegas. You play in Oakland. But you do play cold games every goddamn year. It's not like, well, they're just in the division. They only play uh, Long Beach State, UCLA, and SC. Those are the only games they play. <laughs> like, no, you do play fucking Kansas City, Denver. You play other AFC teams. It's it's impossible to avoid a cold game. At minimum, wouldn't you say they're getting two cold games a year in November and December? And sometimes, depending on the way the schedule plays out, could be three or four. Yeah. Definitely three, you know. But but you know two of them, at least, are going to be re- games that really matter, right? Because they're going to be divisional games. Because in your division. Vegas is going to have a roof on it, right? Yeah, it's going to be closed. Because it's 40 degrees in Vegas today. Yeah, that's not – it's going to be closed. Um, but did you see what the, but I think there's two – what score right now? Oh, no, I was going to make a Titans comment because that's the Raiders, Raiders' next opponent. Well, the t- But it's 14-3, to three, Houston. God, they're kind of coming to play. I'm sure everyone following along who knows the result of this game is loving <laughs> the updates. That well, because I don't have a TV in where I'm recording this. But I'll give you an oh, example, yeah, like yeah. the Titans. You stream it on your phone. Who I'm, – I'm, I'm staying focused here. That's a pretty big – if the Patriots lose this game, that's a pretty big win for the Ravens, and the Ravens are the one seed. That makes that a little different, right? you got to go through Baltimore to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, Huge. Which might make a pretty good second-round Chiefs-Patriots. Sign me up for that. Uh, the Titans, who are a 7-5 and five team, who clearly have kind of caught lightning in a bottle, right, which is very, very rare, where it was like, oh, they signed Tannehill as a backup. That was like probably a topic we did in March. Like, that's kind of interesting. It didn't just turn out as interesting. It turned out as, was there a bigger offseason move of just a free agent acquisition? Or maybe they traded, however they acquired them, trade slash free agent. I mean, the, the Smith brothers? Yeah, but they, but you would say just. But quarterbacks don't, yeah. Quarterbacks yeah, the don't Smith brothers are like big. That. But that's pretty big, bro. I mean, they they ain't 7-5 and five with Mariota. <laughs> This guy is playing winning football. Their team's just invigorated. They're a 7-5 and five team. One more win than the Raiders. Their point differential guy is plus 42. So more than you don't, a 100-point swing from the Raiders. If we did a breakdown of like the words written, said, and tweeted about the Odell Beckham edition in Cleveland versus the Tannehill edition in Tennessee. Social media-wise, 500-1, to one, would you say? Five, I would say it's even bigger. I mean, it's, it's even bigger. Yeah, I mean, it would... Would you say that's one of the bigger... Infinitely larger. In in fairness to that just example, though, wouldn't you say that Odell's one of the bigger, most famous trades in recent memory in any sport? Yeah, yeah. I just... When you said it wasn't the biggest off-season move, not by one measure, but by another. Because I'd mean, the go... Browns aren't winning football games. Was Odell Beckham getting traded... I'll give you an example. Was he traded to the, the Browns more tweeted about than when Kawhi was traded to the Raptors? Probably, right? Yes. I think so. You know, I mean, just he's bigger than like most NBA superstars. I got old takes exposed on the Raptors trade, though. Recently? 
Um, when that one happened, I used to fight it the first time it ever happened. Oh, I to me. don't fight it at and all. And now I just, <laughs> just let it marinate. Yeah, it's fine. Like it's whatever. It's it's not a scarlet letter. Depending on the take, it's really the take depends. But I saw a pretty good one the other day from like John Heyman about Bobby Valentine. It's like one of the greatest old take exposed ever. The seven year anniversary of just like. Bobby Valentine came out of the meeting with the Boston Brass, and they knew he was the one. Perfect fit, perfect culture. I mean, that to me, some of those like are funny. But I, I, I think when they're <laughs> like a Lamar Jackson, old take exposed in the heat of battle can get ugly. You know, the Raiders. Yes. Like, I'll give you an example. When I got old takes exposed about the Raiders, their fans were puffing their fucking chefs. Like, okay, sniff, sniff, middle cough. Well, now here's what I say. Sniff, fucking sniff. Your team blows. It's like the fourth time you said sniff, sniff in your the last, team, two, uh, the last your, two pods. Your team blows. <laughs> and again, this is this is an unbiased take. The The Raiders are not very good. Yeah, their record, somehow they have six wins. But you just judge them in a vacuum. I bet John Gruden, if he was sitting there with me and you, and he trusted us to never repeat what he was going to say, which I would tell him, do not trust me because I'm going to maybe not say that you told me, but I'm going to use it. He would say, our team's not very good. Our team is yeah. not very good. Now, what I'd be fascinated to hear if I picky swore that I would never say, what do you really think about the quarterback? Because at the end of the day, right, the reflection of this team at, is really going to be his offense. Like, that's where he's going to become. Like, the Chiefs are ultimately, Andy gets credit because of Mahomes. Not the defense sucks, but like people are like, oh, yeah, that'd be a flaw, but whatever. Time will tell. He'll tell us with his actions, though how hard he looks for a quarterback this year in the draft, right? That sort of thing. His actions will tell us. Yeah, I would so. say that Derek's going to need to kind of pick it up a little bit down the stretch, wouldn't you? Well, I mean – To feel secure is this team about – Because Florio tweeted about mid-game. Is, uh, is he going to resell that house now? Because <laughs> it is coming back into question. And you have games like this that no do doubt. matter. Because like you said, if they had beat the Jets, it would have been the biggest game of Derek's career – Definitely, I mean, by far under Gruden, but just in the last four or five years. Because the playoff year, he had big games, but then when it started to get really big, he broke his ankle. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just think it's – you finish – I think John would take a step back and say, we're not that good. You know, we're just not that good. Who do we beat? Yeah, I agree. I, I The best game, like you said, the you best 100%. game they had all season, in a season where they'll probably end up 7-9 and nine and a point differential that's way in the red – He'd be like, our best game was a loss. Would probably be the Texans game. Seven and nine means they lose three of these four games. Tennessee, Jacksonville, at the Chargers, at the Broncos. Well, I would say the only game you'd feel pretty confident they're going to lose would be the Titans. The Titans are just better. They're, they're probably one of the hotter teams right now in the NFL. The last couple weeks haven't just been like, we got our shit together. It's like, we're playing well, right? They yeah. they beat who they beat two weeks ago was it the Jaguars they just beat the living shit out of them yeah it was the Jags and this week it was like well the Colts are kind of playing for something now because all of a sudden the Colts are six that was and after six. they'd beaten the Chiefs that was after they beaten the Chiefs and Tannehill's just red hot and now they're playing the Colts in Indy and they win by two touchdowns without Marlon Mack without I mean they had some but injuries. I'm just saying yeah. they kicked the shit out of them yeah. They put up 31. And it's like they know exactly what they do. They run the ball down on it, and they play defense. I think the Raiders are in some trouble this week. Now, yep. the Jaguars, who knows? 
That's a winnable game. But that's a talented team. And then the Broncos, I look at the Bronco game by just going, it's just cold. I I, I don't trust this team, Derek, in the cold. It's, to me, it's as simple as that. How could you? The Chargers, who the fuck knows? I don't <laughs> no no opinion on that. I know what it'll look like. But, I, but I, I'd, throw the char- I'd throw the Raiders right in there, too. Like, I don't know. Just coin flip. I mean, whoever doesn't throw more picks, Phillip or Derek. I think someone tweeted this morning. Did you see this? That, like, if it keeps going really bad, they'll bench Phillip Rivers for Tyrod Taylor? I did see. Did I, I heard them that? talking about Yeah. No. I heard that, too. My, I was listening on NFL radio. There was that conversation. My first response. Somebody just tweeted at me, is it time for Deshaun Kaiser? No. No, Derek ain't getting benched because you really need to know. Like, But the Chargers one feels like, are, are we just, I think that is just kind of a, that, to me, that is where you start, like, there is no way. I don't know. I'd be shocked if in the building they're watching the film going, it's time to bench Phillip. And I think it's probably time for Phillip for them to find another quarterback if they can find one, if they can find one. But it would feel to me if they made that switch, like it would be partly just due to external pressure that they make that change. But he had, I mean, he turned the ball over like crazy. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been great. So, What about the Raiders so. just big picture importance now down the stretch? Do they just kind of go to the little kid's table? No one's really talking about them. Yeah, I don't think anything – I don't see how – I mean, they're not mathematically eliminated. We're not there yet, but – They lose this weekend, is over. Yeah. Now, if they win this week, then you go, where was that against the Jets? They find a way. We start talking about their schedule's conducive down the stretch, but that means they'd play pressurized games on the road in the division. They'd go play in Denver a game that matters. I think the one right. thing you say about that Charger game is Chargers are a weird team and they lose a shitload of weird games. But I think Derwin James is coming back next week. There's no disputing they got players on their team. Like, would you rather have, if you just put the teams in a vacuum, would GM one pick, like if the GM's like, you can pick one roster to take with you for the next five years, what roster would they pick? Like, well, let's get rid of Phillip Rivers, we'll get a new quarterback, but I'd take that roster. Be the Chargers, yeah. right? Drew Locke did make his first start today. I didn't really watch much of the game, but I looked at the numbers. They didn't look terrible. The one thing you'd say about any young quarterback would be, if that game was in Oakland, you'd be like, well, it'd be a winnable game by the Raiders. They do quarterbacks just play better at home, right? Young quarterbacks. It's just more, you're just more comfortable, you know? And he's going to have several starts under his belt by then, and the Raiders' defense can't stop Haberman, let alone potentially drew lock i mean their defense is terrible guy it's awful they, they could stop Averman. you might be able to get a couple yards flag flag football uh, all right let's get some headlines john you know i've made staunch i have been a staunch harbaugh defender not in the he should be the niners coach we haven't talked about that in years but in the everyone saying he's a bust in michigan just needs to take a look at how bad it was at michigan before he showed up that said this week, I turned a corner watching that game. I did not. We talked about this on the podcast leading up to the weekend. I did not think Michigan had a chance to win that game. I was going to be shocked if Michigan won the game. But I 
for it to look as bad as it did. And it's not like, well, you beat them last year and they got you this year and it's just the natural flow yeah, of Yeah, you beat them two out of the five years. You know, it was just they, this was their best team over that stretch. You tip your hat. You go, well, yeah, but they're more talented. All right, but it's not Urban anymore. But they got they got embarrassed. They got embarrassed. And that's that's not a fire Harbaugh or any of that stuff thing, but I've kind of, I I have to just acknowledge now that maybe this will never get to where people hoped it would get, where we all hoped it would get when they hired him. Forget who it was or someone that covers college football that says the thing you have to acknowledge is the last two years Penn State has been dramatically more competitive in their games with Ohio State than Michigan. And we're at the point now where there ain't a fucking soul that Brady Hope brought into this program. Every guy in that, is it Scarlet and Maze or whatever the hell the colors are, in that yeah, Maze is definitely one in, of in them. that program is Maze and Blue. Jim is now at the point every single kid guy he's having graduating classes going. Those are his players, right? So you can't be like, well, we had to start that that former coach's quarterback. No, that ain't it. We oh, we you know our defense we're still a little nope, Jim. It's not a failure because he he's going nine and three if he wins ten and three like he's winning games and he's not even close to average like they are way above five hundred he's winning games but it is underwhelming given the hype and I I was thinking about this laying in bed last night what pains me more to say the Lakers are really fucking good or the that Harbaugh's kind of been a flop and again flop his standards are high you know Saban going ten and two is underwhelming for him it's you just. Tiger Woods, at one point in time in his peak, won like 30% of the tournaments he entered. When historically great players win like 3% of tournaments. You know, it's just standards for the best of the best. And Jim Harbaugh had been historically great, and now he's just not. So, he's not, but he's not even just, he's just kind of not, he's solid. He's getting his ass kicked by his rival. That's why, like, he could he leave Michigan? Because if he left Michigan, it wouldn't age well. He'd be known as a failure. He'd never beat Ohio State. Yeah, you talk about the point. If we did point differential those five years, it'd have to be pretty fucking high, right? It, yeah, it'd be ugly. It'd feel ugly because it doesn't feel like you're five years in. It doesn't feel like they're any closer. It doesn't feel like they're any closer at all. Now, I, just falling somehow over the years, Browns and Cavaliers people, I mean, guys that like Dustin Fox that played there, I think they're pretty confident saying this is the one of the best teams they've had in like ever. Right, just top to bottom. Sure. I texted DJ. I said, "How many pros they have?" He's like, "Well, their entire defensive backfield, first rounders. You know, the quarterback special. Dobbins is a first rounder. They, they got dudes upon dudes. Like this team is special." But wouldn't you go? I thought Harbaugh, when he was tweeting and had a shirt off and taking him to Rome, I thought he was going to land all those type guys. Is he not been able to? Now Michigan will tell you, "Well, our school's academically harder." Well, I don't know. Well, then what? Don't take don't. So coach him up. Yeah, figure something out. Coach them up. Would you, are they even a top three? I, I think this is the crazy part. They're not even a top three program in their own conference. Because Ohio State's clearly won. And Wisconsin, who beat the shit out of Minnesota yesterday, and P.J. Fleck, did you see his rant after? Like, we shit. I told everyone when we came here, we'd get a title. Now, we don't have the title outright, but we shared the division title. And Wisconsin fans are like, yeah, you shared it, but we're going to the conference championship. So, cool. Your, <laughs> your, your slice of the pie sucks, you know? <laughs> but it's like God. Penn State's better, and Wisconsin right. who beat the shit out of them is way better. 
That, that to me was crazy. So it's like one thing if they lost Ohio State every year, but they were going 11 and 1, right? They had a couple 11, they know 11 and 1s, guy. 9 and 3 is a lot different than 11 and 1. Uh, what Rose Bowl have they been to? None. Ohio State's going to them all. That's, yeah. I mean, it's like, that's the part to me. So with the, because I still think that's the one game, and it happens in the Pac 12, right? Where you don't go to the CFP, you go to the Rose Bowl. Your program feels like it accomplished. So if Ohio State wins the conference championship and they go to the playoffs, Wisconsin will play whoever in the Rose Bowl, right? Yeah. They, like, play. I mean, technically you can choose. Like, they can they choose. I don't think it's, like, truly automatic, but yes. They would go. They would choose to go to the Rose Bowl to play. No, no. The Rose Bowl chooses. Who, what would be their other option? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, like, so for could example, they, could they Minnesota choose, could they choose Penn played, State? Like, let's say Minnesota had played Ohio State in the championship game, beaten them, and didn't go to the playoff. The Rose Bowl could still take Ohio State if they wanted. Instead of Minnesota. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But you agree, like... But Wisconsin would go. Would the yeah. Rose Bowl choose Penn State over Wisconsin if they get blown out? Was there a chance? No. And then if Utah were to go to the playoffs, would Oregon be the next team to come? Yeah. So it, yep. it it looks like it's shaping up to be and and I and now that I say it, maybe it's possible just if you're in the like maybe they wouldn't pick somebody who's not in the game over somebody who lost the game, but Yeah. Yeah. Because like the conference the right, affiliation, right. the pressure of the conferences would it doesn't necessarily matter. You're still getting the same money for the conference no matter what, right? Because that would be wouldn't like that be pretty nuts would if Minnesota it. would have won that game and then got passed over by Wisconsin or Penn State for the game? Yeah, or Ohio State. But I just thinking about it, wouldn't they would much rather have Ohio State or Michigan in that game than Minnesota? Sure, but you got to figure like Minnesota. But what they care about too is the like game. fan yeah. attendance, and Minnesota you would think would would support that. What's well, a good thing about the? It'd be historic. I think the good thing about the Big Ten is all their schools are huge, right? They have like right. they have enormous alumni bases all over the country. You just meet a lot. like I was watch I was in the gym the other day on the elliptical, and this guy's watching. Indiana Purdue and I'm like you got money on the game just trying to like start conversation you know he's like nope just went to went to Indiana you know it's just guys just go to those schools you know I worked with a lot of people Penn State Michigan you just see a lot of people you follow on Twitter like Schefter Portnoy you know people just go to those schools if you don't live on the west coast you're not an athlete if you just live anywhere in the mid midwest or the northeast you just might end up going to a big 10 school because one thing, they're pretty badass. Like, how much pride would you be like, yeah, Wisconsin alumni or Michigan alumni, Ohio State alumni? You, you notice it feels like those people are more proud of their schools than most conferences. Really? <laughs> someone asked me last night, someone asked me on Sunday, did you go to the Fresno State San Jose State game? And I just looked at him like, what are you talking about? <laughs> did I go to the game in San Jose in the rain? No. Don't sleep on the Spartans. Had a had a nice bounce back year after I think one I win, know. right? Good for Brent Brennan. Good coach, uh, good guy. Other my other highlight of the day on Saturday was Burrow, who had like who spelled it the Cajun way. Do you see that? It was pretty cool. E A U X, yeah. And uh, they asked him why it was such a special moment because he got introduced as a senior because he's clearly going pro. And he's like, "Well, I don't get to see the student body ever because I don't go to class." And then it was like dot, dot, dot. And I didn't see the live. I just saw the transcript version. And then I think he caught himself. I, I just do online classes. 
just online classes so I don't get to interact with the people, you know. It was great. Yeah. So, Joe, I mean, you just. I need to watch that video. If you had to take the over-under, Joe Burrow has been to Ohio State and he's been to LSU. Over-under on actual classes attended, and I put the number at 20.5. Under. I would take the heavy under. If you said the number five at L- since he's been at LSU for two years, if you told me he's never been inside a classroom at LSU, I would believe you. That right. is believable. Just, everything was online to begin with. <laughs> it just seems kind of – don't you have to go to some tangible classes? Like, Joe, get your backpack. My what? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Backpack. I don't remember just a, a guy – like stuffed with newspaper. Do you remember a guy that sometimes we see the, like, the one-year wonders, like a Trubisky, Kyler? Now, Trubisky hasn't quite aged as well, but I don't remember a guy having like a transfer in a year Whereas I remember last year, like, Joe Burrow, you know, he's at LSU – and then just like, Jesus Christ. I mean, I looked at the score. I didn't watch much of the game. I just looked at my phone. It was 31 nothing mid-second quarter against the Texas A&M. They're kicking the yeah. shit out of people, guy. I saw someone I tweet like, is this one of the biggest SEC ass kickings of a solid team versus a top team in recent memory? That was a bludgeoning. Like Because I'm like, are we sure LSU is just going to cruise the playoffs? And I was like, maybe they will. Yeah. Because they look on a mission. Who are you rooting for? Like, what would be the cooler story? So, Wouldn't it be pretty cool if Eddie I, I, won a championship? Yeah, I mean, look, I think uh, I think LSU would be – LSU in the championship game would be awesome. Um, Could Utah hang I think, and give a game for half against one of these teams, you think? I mean, I, I think so, yeah. Like, they – Statistically, you look at kind of where they measure with, because they're blowing out the teams that they, you're like, ah, but they're playing Arizona. Yeah, but they're blowing them out. Like, they are, they are to me, they are beating teams the way good teams beat teams. Who would they, like, who would they, match, up, who would they match up? Yeah, Utah's better than Oregon. I expect Utah to win. Who would be their best matchup to have a chance to upset? LSU, Ohio State, or Clemson? Probably not Ohio State is my first reaction, right? LSU's pretty fucking good, too, because they got sweet receivers and sweet running back. Yeah, I mean, might be Clemson. Clemson, I feel like, is just getting underrated. Maybe. Doesn't it kind of feel that like the when LSU the dust settles, thing. like Clemson just won back-to-back titles? You know, I wouldn't count them out to yeah. not win the Natty, would you? No, I kind of feel like they might. It kind of but crossed my mind the other day. Are, like, as are good. they about to just... Yeah, but they got sweet players. I know, I know. And a know. sweet coaching um, staff. Like, I think Utah is really good. At, like, I think they are really good on defense. And like I said, they just – they are beating teams the way – when you know when you watch, like, a group of five team that's beating everybody in its league and they show up in a, in a real game? Uh, some of those teams can hang. Some of them can't. But I think, by and large, the teams that can hang are the teams that have just been blowing everybody out. Yeah. And Utah is blowing everybody out. The only game, really, they haven't blown out was Washington on the road. Back in Washington wasn't bad. So I think Utah wins on Friday night. I think they beat Oregon something like uh, 24 to 10 or 27 to 13, something like that. Like, I think it's a two score game. Um, Haberman be in the house? The Oregon ceilings. I don't know. Depends on the temps. (laughs) Yeah, just keep an eye on that. 
I'll be watching it one way or the other. I know that. I might attend. I just what trust time's the game though? Probably like six. You got to build your whole yeah, Friday around it. So. You know. I think so. It's a little challenging. You know. It's a great game. It is a great matchup. I mean, it's a great game. But I love. Or- I've I've liked Oregon all year, but they just I like them less and less as time's gone on. They just haven't beaten teams the way that Utah. They, Utah. They have. They haven't been as people's good. Butts, Utah. So. I think Utah's better. And you think about it historically, like Utah has played in big. Like Utah. Now, say what you want. Maybe Alabama didn't want to be there. It was Saban's first year. Whatever. Utah was up 17 to nothing on Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Beat them 31-17 or something like that. Okay, I, I, like Utah blew Alabama out in the Sugar Bowl. I, I like to tweet to save to bring up with you that, like, someone tweeted out Whittingham's accomplishments. Like, well, his bowl record is 11-2. and two. Se- that, now that counts a win he took over in the bowl for Urban, but still. But he's like that. This year was his, you know, fifth or sixth ten win team. He's had three or four nine win teams. His record is just like this motherfucker's big time. To me, the question is so, unbiased. Who's better, Oklahoma, Utah? And the more my, my opinion, probably pretty close. You know, I, I don't think you could necessarily I think be it wrong. Is. Now I've watched so much more Utah than I have Oklahoma, um, but they are statistically elite on both sides of the football. Oklahoma, Utah, they're top ten in yards per play. I think I've said it before on the podcast. And the only other two teams that are in that category are Clemson and Ohio State. Top ten yards per play on both sides of the so ball. So you, you think Utah's better than Oklahoma? I, but I admit I've watched every Utah snap. I have not watched every Oklahoma snap. Um, and I think it's hard to say that. Defi- I don't think you can say it definitively. I'm not. Saying I think most people would agree it's it's relatively close. I think, and you probably couldn't go wrong. Utah would probably. The argument for Utah could. is like they deserve their shot. In. Yeah, they deserve a shot. Yeah, but here's so I if I've said can this we on play the that game? They just deserve weeks. their shot, or is that not what this is supposed to be? You know. Yeah, that's not what this is supposed to be. But what I'll say is, and if I've said this on the podcast, sorry, I said this last week, definitely on the Sirius XM show. If we want to start talking about history, and you know, I think people really fight it when they're arguing for the Pac-12. It's like, don't give it to Alabama just because of pedigree. You know, Clemson. It's not about what they did last year. Well, here's what I would say. I think if you want to have that conversation about Utah, I think it works in their favor, even though it doesn't. They're not pedigree Alabama or Clemson, obviously. But I think you would say they've had the same coach for almost, you know, for basically 15 years. And they have been the same football team as a program under that guy. Like, they are tough. The times they've gotten shots in the Fiesta Bowl, they hung and won. In the Sugar Bowl, they hung and won. So, like, as a program, you do know what you're getting what? Because, guy, what translates? Running game and defense. It's fucking what he hangs his hat on. If you can play, it's like the one, that'd be the knock on Oklahoma, even though this year they're better. It's like, well, they don't play that great a defense. Well, it's why they've gotten their ass kicked in some of these games. That's why when they were kicking Georgia's ass, they were up, I think, almost 20 points. Georgia came storm. They can't tackle anybody. The one thing with Utah, all the guy wants to do is get into a heavyweight fight. Whittingham probably doesn't have wet dreams anymore. If he did, it would be about like a 7-3 to three game. Like, that's what that would be. That's what he's dreaming of. Would just be a, just an old-school brawl against somebody. So, yeah, you could say, and that was the other thing. Unlike, a, they're quote-unquote a smaller school, but they've been now in the Power Five for a while. Even when he was a non-power five, he was producing a ton of pros. So it's it's it was really the higher end Boise who then jumped and now has taken another bigger step. So yeah, I'm 
I want to see Utah. And again, I, I don't have the stats in front of me more just because I'm ready to see it. And I think that they, what they do well, might just like all of a sudden, it's 10 to 7 at halftime against LSU. I, see, I don't think Oklahoma could do that. Oklahoma would be like this crazy shootout, which they'd end up losing. And I've seen Jalen Hurts in these big games. He's just not quite good enough. Now, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Utah quarterback when I've watched him, but he has gotten improved. Because wouldn't you argue he yeah. is a little Jalen hurts Like, that's similar style, right? Well, but, I mean, his efficiency is through the roof. Like, because his yards per attempt is high, his – uh, 75, he's 76 completion, John, and 11 yards per attempt. 76% and 11 yards per attempt. So he's like one of the most improved quarterbacks in the country this year. Yes. Yeah, he's been really good. 16 touchdowns, two picks. In fact, they, their offensive coordinator, Andy Ludwig, who's back this year, was the OC when they went to the Sugar Bowl. Yep, Fresno State. Uh, I beat Alabama. That's right. He just worked at Fresno uh, State. All right, let's, you want to just rattle through some NFL games? I got about 10% battery, and I got to forward this to you, so let's do like two. This has been a long pod. Okay. Yes, it has, and I'm starving, so I'm glad you just said that. Uh, most nondescript good game of the NFL season. You don't even need a comment, but 29-21, the Redskins beat the Panthers. I, I didn't see a second of that game, but it was probably shockingly good. No, no clue. I knew the Panthers lost just from seeing something on Twitter. No clue it was against the Redskins. Nice, solid win by Dwayne. Dolphins beat the Eagles. That, to me, is probably the story of the day because as crazy and shitty as this Cowboys season has gone, all the Eagles had to do – Part of why that Cowboy loss was so big is like, well, the Eagles play the fucking Dolphins. And then they lose to the Dolphins, guy? They were up double digits in the second half? That's got to be the worst loss of the day, right? Eagles lose to the Dolphins? Yeah. Not just lose, but give up 37 points. Guy, do you, I was like, I bet Carson, you know, didn't have a great day. He threw three touchdowns, like 300 yards. Like, he was not the problem. Their defense was getting smoked by Fitzpatrick, who I guess said after the game, like, we're just a scrappy bunch of grinders. you know. <laughs> and he's just got the beard, and he's just... It's hard to not like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Greatest bridge quarterback of all time. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really think about that, maybe. Uh, Browns, I picked them to win, but I didn't count on Freddie Kitchens wearing a Pittsburgh started it shirt to the movies on Friday night. So, Would you say that's kind of a low-level move? Yeah. Like, I, I think you could do that maybe after the season if you beat them in like a wild card game or something because Belichick's done shit like that, right? But not, you don't ever, ever do that when there are games to be played. Do you agree? Like, that is. Well, and when you're five, and, you're five and six. That's inexcusable. Is that a fireable offense? There's not a lot to laugh about. No. Losing a bunch of football games is, though. What's, how about the Steelers? What, what's their record right now? Seven and six? Five and seven. Five and seven. The Steelers are? No, the Browns. The Steelers are seven and five. Is it one of the crazier seven and five seasons in the history of the NFL? The Pittsburgh Steelers are seven and five. Seriously, guy. I mean, they're gonna they're kind of headed now, destined for nine and seven. That's of all the nine and seven seasons in the history of the league, that'd be right up there. Is like that was big time. That that if you told well, me that like they gave Tomlin a three year, you know, thirty million dollar extension at the end of the season, be like that's justified. Yeah, that's because guy. What if they just land like a Dalton or something? They'll be pretty good next year. They are good right now. I, I'll wave yeah. my hand. I was wrong. I heard the Panthers. I I, I heard the Panthers owner likes uh, Tomlin. That's what somebody told me. Well, why Why would you leave to go to him when you just say in Pittsburgh? Well, yeah, it would just be if you're not getting yeah. Well, if Pittsburgh. How, how many times cooler on, and is more powerful is being the Steeler head coach than being the Panthers head coach? Ten times. Is it more than that? If you're doing like ten x five x four x fifty x. 
Yeah, I bet it, it feels like it's more than 10x. Yeah, like 25x. Like infinite like on the on the ranking scales of fan base power. You walk into any building, that's a fucking Pittsburgh. That's a Mike Tomlin. You just like, hey, that's Ron Rivera, a nice guy. Just, you put that low, you just put that when you put that like half sip over. Yeah. You just throw it on your LinkedIn, head coach Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Anything else? That's it. My, I'm running out of juice. I got to email this to you. Adios, Pelosi. See ya. Stay tan. See you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.